Hey folks, Randy Newberg here with another episode of Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. We are in Big Sky, Montana. Man, is it beautiful today. What are we doing under a tent telling <laughs> hunting stories? I am here with three really cool guys, and I know this one's going to sound like a Montana podcast, and it's not necessarily meant to be that way. It's just these were the coolest guys I could find on the mountain today. So I said, what do you say we put the headphones on and let's go do this? And uh, with me today is, uh, what can, what, would I call you guys Team Onyx or are you guys just Onyx? Onyx. All right. Yep. So Eric, the founder and CEO of Onyx and uh, Matt, the uh, hunt product manager. Is yep. that what I can call mm -hmm. you? Yeah. That sounds good. Wyoming whitetail slayer. Matt and I were in Wyoming last year, and he poleaxed a Wyoming whitetail. That yeah, I'm excited to see the episode. Yeah, I, I got a draft for you to look good. at. And then Jason, uh, I'm trying to think of what name we should give him. <laughs> Jason Bighorn Sheep Matt Singer from <laughs> Into yeah. High Country, and we will get into that later. Jason, I don't want to catch you too much. Grief oh, I here. can't wait. Give it uh, away too soon. <laughs> <laughs> All the complaining is going to come, but. Uh, Jason and I, we've been, I don't know how long you've been doing this, Jason. You, I think we started the same year, didn't we? We did, same, same yeah. year, same quarter, everything. Yeah, everything. And then uh, we kind of started working with Eric and Matt at OnX about mm -hmm. the same time. And we've been, I don't know how long we've been doing this. Six, Six years, years, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You and know, we've only been going 2011, for 2011, yeah. Yep. You guys have been in it for eight, eight years, yep. Okay. 2009. Do you know how many animals have been harvested thanks to you guys? <laughs> a lot of mine. I haven't thought of that, yeah. <laughs> there, there, is a, awesome. there is a person who, uh, and I, I don't want to rat anybody out, but uh, the, I was at an event and someone came to me and said, hey, this guy over there, he said that Onyx Maps has ruined hunting. I'm like, what does he mean? Well, no one ever used to know how to get to these places. <laughs> like, ruin it? I, that sounds like a pretty good uh, path of progress to me. But Some uh, of these people used to not know if they were trespassing or not and, right. and, and, and everything that comes with it. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. But anyhow, we're, uh, <clears throat> we're going to get into some really cool stuff about new things you guys got going on, about how Jason can assure everybody how you can draw a bighorn sheep tag in Montana. Yep. He's got. He's he's gonna let the cat out of the bag on that one, and I'm just gonna be here and take notes because I'm like the below average guy of the crowd here. <laughs> uh, and uh, when we're all done, I I'm pretty sure the audience is is gonna be fully informed about a lot of things that they've been dying to know. I mean, it's like the Paul Harvey thing. Now for the rest of the story. Perfect. All right. So anyhow, before we do this, we got to talk about the great companies that make this podcast possible. Uh, Leupold Optics, uh, they sponsor everything we do and they are so supportive of the public land self-guided hunter. Uh, just really grateful to have them be the title sponsor. And if you hear some noise in the background, we are at the Big Sky Ski Resort and there's a zip line going over the top of us every once in a while. I'm waiting for somebody to fall off that thing and I'm, I'm not qualified <laughs> not. to be the first responder if they fall off there, but I don't know. I, I, they got these people got a death wish or something. I mean, they come screaming down that hill there oh, at like yeah. Mach two. You haven't done that yet. I wouldn't do that. There's not enough <laughs> love or money to get me to do that. Have you guys? What done if it? there was Dairy Queen at the end? Well, then now we're talking. I'll, I'll just get out on thin ice for that. <laughs> anyhow, if you hear a little wind, folks, we are on a mountain. Or if you hear a little noise, it's because we're at the ski resort. So. Please hang with us. Uh, 
the other uh, sponsors of this podcast are uh, Orion Coolers. If you go to OrionCoolers.com, really, really cool, great coolers. Use promo code Randy. They have a, a tumbler that has the Hunt Talk uh, logo on it. And you're going to get one if you buy a cooler and use promo code Randy, R-A-N-D-Y. And uh, you're going to have a really cool cooler. And then you're going to have this tumbler that you can use for any, I don't care what you use it for, hot soup, beer, whiskey, water, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, OrionCoolers.com. Uh, GoHunt.com, a lot of you ask, well, and Jason, I mean, he's the exception to the rule of how you draw tags. Uh, we got to do it the traditional way. And we use GoHunt.com as a, a really good research tool. Uh, helps in... Right now, they have a new uh, filter about over-the-counter units, about public versus private land in that unit, all kinds of things. So, again, use promo code Randy, R-A-N-D-Y, and when you sign up for their insider service, they're going to give you $50 of free store credit at their gear shop. So, there you go. You got $50 coming your way if you do that. And I've saved the OnX advertisement. Uh, you guys want me to do what? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Anyhow, this podcast is also brought to you by these great guys sitting to my right. Uh, if you use promo code Randy, you see how easy we've made yep. that for everybody? <laughs> R-A-N-D-Y. And you're going to get 20% off the app products mm-hmm. if you yep. use promo code Randy. And that's just, that's a really generous thing for you guys to do for our audience. I hope that some of them are doing it. They have been, yes. Good. Yep. Well, that's good to hear. We just so, want to get it in people's hands yeah. so they can be successful. Yeah. So, Eric, I'm going to put you on the spot right away. You said uh, you something about if you can't get there, you can't conserve it, or if you can't get there, you... Well, you can't conserve what you can't unless get you can get it. Yeah, you can't conserve it unless you can get to them. There you go. Can't conserve That's them. If you want to talk about a group that supports conservation, it's Onyx Maps. And... Go to onxmaps.com, use promo code Randy, and get you some. Because by the time we are done with this podcast and they hear all the new layers coming out, mm-hmm. you guys, I hope your servers are ready to handle this flood yeah. of traffic. When people listen to this podcast, everything will be new. Yeah. Website, this podcast app. is going to, yep. yeah, it's going to drop everything. not too long after you guys go live. Mm-hmm. When, when's the, every new piece going live? Soon. Soon. In between today <laughs> and when the podcast. <laughs> okay. We don't want to tie anyone down to that, but Jason and I have the good fortune of being, I feel like we're kind of uh, mad scientists from this. Not that, not that we're uh, computer techies or anything, but <laughs> you guys will call me and Jason and some of your other ambassadors and mm-hmm. say, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Or can you try this out? Can you try yep. that out? Mm-hmm. And... I don't know about you, Jason, but I kind of get this smile on my face like, ooh. Oh, yeah, you feel like you're being, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a look at technology that nobody else has seen. And when you know what that product's already done for you and to have the confidence of knowing what this company has done, yeah. anything new coming out is, yeah, it's very exciting because, I mean, it's, it has been the one product, I would say, in my hunting career I mean, there's always new bows and they're a little smoother and they're a little faster and there's arrows that are a little stronger and there's all of that, but it doesn't redefine the way you hunt. Right. This product has definitely redefined. It's, it's a 
it's a tool that's changed the way I hunt, yeah. you know, and it, I don't want to make it sound cliche, but it absolutely yeah. has. It, it has for me. I, I would say that, sorry for all the wind noise, folks, uh, but it, to your point, Jason, I, it's changed where I apply. It changed how I hunt, where I hunt, what, where I'm willing to apply at. Uh, we're, we've done all kinds of e-scouting videos on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Yep. And people are asking me, is it, <laughs> is it really that essential to have that Onyx system to do that e-scouting? I'm like, well, if you want to actually do e-scouting, yeah, it's pretty essential yeah. to know where you can <laughs> hunt, where you can't hunt, what the layers are and, and everything else. Uh, it's, yeah, for me, it's been... Yeah, I mean, you can look at Google Earth, but that right. doesn't tell you what you need to know. Yeah. You can yeah. find the good areas, but how do you get to those areas? Mm -hmm. And right. Yeah, and without it, you're... You're wasting your time doing yeah. the East. You guys are too nice. Sure. Too nice. <laughs> no, <it's> not. <laughs> no, we're not. It's it's no. such an e once you get that product in your hands, you will not leave home without it. Right. And yeah. I mean it. And I don't care if it's turkeys, if it's whitetails, if it's whatever. I mean, before we turned on the mics, I was telling you guys about this place we hunt that's next to a, a reservation, and. We are the only ones hunting right up to that boundary because the way it's fenced is kind of cockeyed. I think it was one of those old fences, the fence of convenience around yeah. this canyon. Mm -hmm. Which is a lot of fences, yeah. a lot of them. Do not trust fences in the West necessarily. No. They have been, most of them are for convenience. So we go there and we're looking down into these burned canyons and no one else is there. Yeah. And there's stacked up whole elk <laughs> in there. And the first time I'm like, boy, we got to make sure that this is not on the reservation. <laughs> but look at your GPS, look at your chip, look at your app. You're like, property line goes this way and the fence goes yeah. that way. So yeah. it's there. I could list, I don't know how many hunts where it's made a huge, huge difference. So ranchers will split like BLM sections to like split it in half. They just diagonally right across. It's the easiest. Right. Shortest, mm -hmm. yeah, right. Diagonally right it's across easier to the gather your cattle. You don't have to go into those rough areas. Yep. It's convenience, like you say. Right, it uh, really is. And you'll talk to a lot of the land agency people, and they're like, "Yeah, some of those fences out there have been there for fifty years, and we used to just have the policy. You know, if you got to to keep them on that side of the creek, just follow the creek, or to keep them off the bluff, just fence at the bottom of the bluff. Well, that's not <laughs> where yeah. the property line yeah. goes. So, but, for sure. <laughs> so when we uh. When we talk about you guys and your product, uh, Eric, you were on a podcast almost two years ago now, and uh, people got a little bit of the story about how this happened, but Onyx Maps came because of your hunting. I mean, it's not like you said, oh, I want to develop some mapping product right. for the sale of to whoever. You're a hunter, and you said, I have a problem here that I got to fix. Yeah, I'm using paper maps just like everybody else out there, wondering where the heck am I on this map. So you've you've had, I mean, I've seen pictures of you out on the hood. You got the map laid out. It's like, okay, I got to figure out where I am. So just yeah. really looking to know exactly where that property boundary was in the field yeah. and then be able to quickly see a, on a paper map like where exactly I was. Yeah. Or see, obviously, on the digital map now that we have bigger screens. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember the first time someone told me that I was at Sportsman's Warehouse. And it sounded so good. It's such a great solution. I said, that's got to be a hoax. I'm not spending whatever to, to buy that. And I left. I was in Idaho. I was no. In, I was in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is a hoax. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it, it, I've been, 
every hunter I know has been looking for this solution forever. And the guy across the counter is telling me this is how it works. He's like, yeah, this is a new thing in Montana. You're from Montana. Don't you know about it? I'm like, no. What, what the? And I, I laughed. I'm like, ah, oh, that, 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 that can't be. Well, then I go out to the unit and J.R. Simplot has all these no trespassing signs all over. I mean, he's like the biggest landowner in Idaho. And I want to get to this other ridge out there where I'm seeing deer. And my paper map is telling me that, oh, you can get out there. But everyone else is doing the same thing, driving the road, staying away from there. I drove all the way back into Twin Falls and I bought that. And I go out there, I plug it in my GPS and I'm like, all right. So I go right down to the Nevada border and I head west, I cross this drainage. And I had the whole place to myself. I had, <laughs> I had a smile, like I, I just robbed a bank or something. Like, <laughs> and so then I think I ordered uh, every, state every state you guys had at that time. You guys probably thought, who is this Captain <laughs> Bozeman who just ordered whatever number of chips? But yes. It was that <laughs> yeah. much of a game changer to me. And uh, the, 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 the thought that it was a hoax Help. quickly was like, oh, this is not yeah. a hoax. This is whoever for this dude is who figured this out. <laughs> he should be president, man. <laughs> how do I vote for this guy? <laughs> but that's how it, it, it kind of worked for me, Jason. You probably had a similar moment of when you figured it out. Yeah, I uh, mean, you know, doing the TV show stuff, obviously. I mean, people say that we get away with more, you right. know, but the reality is we have to be so careful about yeah. every move we yeah. make. And, yeah. and no one no forgiveness at. for us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, so, yeah, it just really, it came down to, I had a buddy in Bozeman who had it and he was ranting and raving about it. Rocket Ryan, Ryan yep. Litwin. Yep. And uh, he just kept saying, you know, you guys, you've got to try this. It is amazing. And I, I didn't really understand it at the time. I didn't really get, you know, it was, it was ahead it was of new. the time. New, yeah. And so I, my kind of like you, it, it, it wasn't a hoax to me, but I didn't really understand how it worked. Like it sounded all good, but I've never seen this before, you know? So plugging it in and I'll never forget, you know, I've was born and raised in Bozeman. I've, I've been, I've been on every dirt road, every trailhead, every, everything in there since I was little. And I, in my head had it mapped out of where I could be <laughs> and where I couldn't, you yeah. know, and it had always worked well for me, you yeah. know? Um, and and then he started showing me that stuff. And I'll never forget when I first got it and I put it in my GPS, I started driving around the valley and kind of circling the Bridger Mountains, actually, because that's uh -huh. where yep. I, you know, used to do a lot of yep. my hunting. And I'll just never forget circling the Bridger Mountains and just the amount of areas. A, I had no clue I could hunt. And B, the spots that were posted that I could hunt. Yeah. I found several spots along that you know, north of Bozeman, out around the Bridgers, the backside towards Wilsall, all of that stuff that those ranchers would get a little yeah, carried yeah. away with their orange paint, yeah. you know, and they know what they're doing. Right. They, they, they know where those lines are at better than anybody, <laughs> yeah. and they know what they're doing. And it just became a necessity. After that, I realized, A, what I had been missing out on for all these years, <laughs> places that I would have loved to have hunted, and I could, I just right. never went because I was <laughs> buffaloed. I just thought you couldn't do it. Yeah. And so here's an area I know basically everybody. I think I've got it figured out, uh, you know, 
And I was blown away by what I really did not know yeah. and how much there yeah. was to access. Yeah. You had like 20 years of hunting experience, you know, built up. Yeah. But you thought you knew everything. Yeah. And you still learned that, something new. Like oh, the first lot, half hour driving exactly. around. Yeah. And, and imagine going somewhere totally new, like drawing out a state hunt or something and like yeah. having that confidence. I can't imagine doing there. it without it now. Yeah, I, I can't. really can't. <laughs> the old paper maps and trying, like you said, not only determining where those lines are, but where exactly am I right. in this whole grand scheme of yeah. things? And you look at that paper map, it says published 1995. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much has changed in the yeah. last 20 years. Yeah, I started years. going to the county and getting the water rights maps because those were okay. way more accurate than Correct. the maps that you could get at the Forest Service. So I'd go get the yeah. water rights and that's how I was figuring it out because it was way more updated. Yeah. And... Uh, but oh, even then, you're looking at a map that when you fold it out, it's where the size standing? of this booth. Yeah. And yeah. where exactly am I? And we know that those animals know those lines. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you hunt along Yellowstone Park. Those elk will feed out of the park all night. And 10 minutes before legal shooting light, every one of them is 10 feet inside the line. <laughs> and they know it. It's not even a fence. Right. Yeah. It's an imaginary line. <laughs> and they know it as much as the yeah. line on your maps, yeah. you know? And... Uh, no, it's true. It is. Yeah. And yeah. and so how many animals are you hunting that are playing that line? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're right there. They know that, oh, if I get pressure from this side, I can bounce here and I'm fine. Oh, if they come from here, I'll bounce here and I'm fine. And I've just found a lot of those quality animals play those lines, they you do. know? Do you think they have an Onyx map on their shelf? Smartphone? You know, I always yeah. thought it would be funny to make a commercial for these guys <laughs> where the animals are the ones using it so they would stay off of where we could hunt. Because <laughs> I do feel like that sometimes. Like, oh, oh nope, no, no, offense. no. <laughs> you need to do that, Jason. You need to get the full animation thing going. It would be out. funny yeah. if people were in like, costumes you know like these deer suits and squirrel suits and they're all talking I, i've got it i would love to do it oh man uh, we gotta well, get that going we'll, we'll do you that. guys have uh jason has a couple done, drinks tonight we'll get it done there you go. jason has done a lot of conservation films uh the one i got the pleasure of being part of was your project elk thing jason and i think by all accounts that's been a, i hope it's been a smash hit for you uh, I think for the elk world, it's been a remarkable piece of work. Uh, anyone who hasn't, I, I guess we're, we're sitting here assuming everybody has seen Project Elk. Where could they go see it, Jason, if they you know, haven't? I'm already? actually really proud to say that with the help of the Elk Foundation and all the partners, we were able to get it landed on iTunes and okay. Amazon Prime. Wow. And for every download, 50% of every download will go back to the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation to help ensure cool. the future of wildlife yeah. and their habitat. Yeah. And that was the purpose of that film to begin with. Um, and I, I just want to back up by saying, I really appreciate your helping us out on that film. It was, you were huge and instrumental in making that film what it was. And I can't thank you enough for helping me on that. I, um, I was glad we could do it. I mean, you and I live in the same town. We live 10 miles apart. When yeah. you called me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything today. I'll be right there. I, I, I just, it was nice to be there, but... Uh, Besides it being a great product or a great end film, uh, Onyx Maps sponsor, you guys, for, you guys One are... One of many sponsors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean, you guys sponsor a lot of that kind of content. Mm -hmm. Is there a, a method behind that? We're just thankful for you guys going out there and trying to get people behind the conservation message. So yeah, we you just, guys are doing a lot of the work. Well, we just yeah. love hunting. I mean, we were all members of all these conservation groups before we... 
we're here at Onyx, so I mean, that's, that's something where my that's really is. cool for yeah. me too to see from companies. And I know Randy, right. you've seen it too, because the companies we work with yeah. are they're they're great companies, and they understand the greater good of what we're all trying to accomplish here. It's not all about the bottom line. Obviously, we all have to try to make money at doing this. Right. But what's cool is to partner with these companies who tell you like these guys like. You, it's the message we're behind. We want to support this message and make sure that people understand that how important conservation is. Yeah. And even if, you know, we just want to be associated with this so people, you know, um, relate our product to quality and, and good things that are going on right. in the community. So it's really cool when you can work with a company that's like, we believe in you and your message. Yeah. Uh, have at it. Whatever you do, we believe in you. And these guys have been great. I mean, yeah. You know, it's... Hey, I, and I, you know, as sitting on the board of the Elk Foundation, you guys have been huge supporters of the Elk Foundation. Of Every... Mm -hmm. Jason and I got to go to all the trade shows and all the national conventions, and you mm -hmm. guys are at every one of them supporting those groups. And it's... For us, anyhow, for what I do, I mean... I haven't figured out how to make money out this yet, Jason. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I said me. we all are trying, trying. to oh, make oh, money, okay. Randy. Trying, so, yes. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we are trying to make a living at it, but we also do it for our passion because it's it's what's important to us. And uh, working with companies that share that same passion like you guys do, it's important to us. Yeah, and we're you know we're super passionate about um, access. It's going to be one of the things we really try to tackle and yeah. and uh, and go after the next two to three years is a lot of access issues, opening up access, helping conservation groups with access programs. Uh, that's one of Eric's, you know, key missions is that access. You know, our product has is naturally a, a good fit for that because every day we're opening up access, telling people where public lands are. So yeah. we just want to continue to open up more public lands and and. And, and you guys have not only supported, you know, the organizations themselves and mm -hmm. and what Randy and I do through those organizations, mm -hmm. but you guys have even offered a lot of these guys like free memberships. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, for yeah, any yeah. members and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's just another step. Right. Is showing how you mm -hmm. believe in this. You want these people to have this tool when they yeah. go out there to be better hunters, to make better decisions. Yeah. You know, it yeah. it shines through. Oh, for sure. So, folks, if you heard a dog fight in the background, uh, we <laughs> are, when you're at the Total Archery <laughs> Challenge, if you can think about going to the hunting fairgrounds, it's kind of what it's like here. There's tons of people walking by. There's some dude down here playing his bongo drums, getting ready. For, I think he got the brew fest, brew fest coming up. Yeah. So oh, they're setting up all, all the, the beer tents down there. And... So that's why the crowd's going that way. I thought maybe I just scared them all off. <laughs> Free beer. I mean, you can't. Uh, how do you compete with free beer? You I, don't. You don't. There you go. <laughs> we're going to have some free music probably here in the background in about, well, so, there it goes. Yeah. 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 So we're sorry about that, folks. The, well, we're just going to have to amp up the volume on uh, all that we're doing here. So, uh, but back to uh, the access thing. The, for me, uh, our platforms have been about the whole public land, accessible lands thing and I don't care how far back I went looking for the surveys and studies when I started what was originally on your own adventures now is just whatever you want to call it that day, hunt talk or fresh tracks or whatever. Am I going to have to go thump that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
Don't you guys have enough money to go pull the plug on that guy over there? He just wants to be on Hunt yeah. Talk, Randy. <laughs> oh, He's just trying to get it. a free little bit of plug in he here, man. He was the guy who <laughs> came and said, hey, I want to be on your TV show. And I said, no. <laughs> probably. His, his tryout here. So uh, now uh, he went and got a microphone and he's standing up on the stage. He's probably sings as bad as I do. He's writing your new intro song there right now, go. I think. Nobody could sing as bad <laughs> as I do. But, but when I was starting all these platforms, I went and researched every study I could find about what was causing the decline in hunting. Every okay. study I found, most of them were done by the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Uh, they all said that access was the number one reason that people quit hunting, got out of hunting, or did not as hunt as, as much as they should have based on, okay, I came from a hunting family, everything else. And uh, you guys are solving that, helping yep. solve that problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's one of the inspirational things for me, even starting the company, is just moving to Missoula, Montana, and seeing all these, you know, population objectors, over-objective, you know, the reason that these uh, the elk populations are over-objective in a lot of these areas is these elk are moving down from the national forest onto these private properties. Right. So, um, sure you know, people. you talked about the, the public-private interface. Mm -hmm. That's very key to, uh, to being able to conserve elk populations, really. Yeah. Conserve yeah, we, elk. We, when you were talking about these areas, Jason, we did a YouTube video out on our YouTube channel called Boundaries Are Your Ally. And Boundaries are my, your ally. I don't know why I'm going to tell everybody <laughs> this, but <laughs> I am. This is my secret, too. <laughs> because a lot of times on private ground, if it's outfitted or it's leased or whatever, they tell the hunters, don't hunt right up to the public because you'll push them over to the public. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of a little buffer on the private side. Right. And a lot of the public guys are like, well, I don't want to hunt right next to the boundary because if it jumps the fence after I arrowed it yep. or shot it, those boundaries, you, you see where Randy and his crew is hanging out? <laughs> yep. I am walking those boundaries and yeah. I get myself between the private and where some elk or some deer might be in on the public. That way, if I shoot one, they're going to run further in, deeper into the, into the public. But those boundary areas are gold. And yeah. when I put that video out there on YouTube, I got a few nasty grams of, <laughs> what are you doing, Newberg? Shut your mouth. But again, with the product, you can go and do that kind of stuff. Kind of like, yeah. Matt, you're going to see a show this fall. Uh, I think it's going to air uh, in mid-August where you and I, we were in Wyoming, uh, and I just don't know how you would do the kind, these kind of hunts without you having the, the app on your phone. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how I would. Yeah. With something that showed me. And I called Matt uh, a year ago. I'm like, you know, I've been antelope hunting down in this place, and whenever I drive home, I see all these really nice whitetails, and I just wrote it off as all private ground, but I'm looking, there's quite a bit of public, a little, mm -hmm. not a lot, but enough a little, little pieces. There. Yeah. What do you think we should do is put in for a second or third choice? I think we can get it. So we drew and we went down there yep. and uh, you shot a really nice public land whitetail. Yeah, that yeah. Nice on a, eight point. Yeah. 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 Nice leftover tag that you you could have got it at the hardware store, I think. Mm -hmm. I, we probably didn't even need to apply for it. Yeah. But we didn't but, see a lot of deer. No, we didn't see a lot. But and the, one, the one chance we had at that deer, like if we didn't know the boundaries, we might have missed out on that opportunity. Right, we would have. We had to make a decision like instantly. Rangefinder, property lines, 600 yards. He's 250, 300. We got plenty of, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And like you wouldn't be able to do all that. 
right or, yeah and on a paper map and with whitetails you know a lot a lot of people i think in the midwest are accustomed to hunting an 80 acre piece or a 40 mm -hmm. acre piece or whatever and we were only hunting 100 200 400 yeah, acre pieces small. which in the west if you told some guy <laughs> i'm gonna go hunt a 200 acre piece <laughs> they're like Oh boy, I feel bad for bottom. you. Yeah, yeah. See you in 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk it all out, chase everything off. But these <laughs> whitetails in November, like anywhere else, they're on the move. So mm -hmm. even if you can't have access to that private, those deer, they're, they're running, they're, they're cruising. They got to cross that little yep. corner of state land or BLM yeah. or whatever it is. The river bottom. It's BLM on both sides of the river. They're yeah. private, BLM, private, BLM, private, yeah. BLM. So it's little chunks. Yeah, just so that, wait, waiting for them. When people see that episode, because we talk about it a lot, that if people knew how much good whitetail hunting there is in the West, it can be had without having to go and lease or, or yeah. you know, know somebody <clears throat> or whatever. I, I'm just, I'm probably going to get some hate mail from all my buddies who hunt whitetail. Like, hey, we don't want all those Midwestern <laughs> guys coming out here in November. Their season's already over. Let them stay home and watch football or something. <laughs> but we kind of walk them through how you use the system. And in Wyoming, you guys had all the walk-in hunting areas, walk -in areas yeah, and the hunter management areas mm -hmm. already on the layers. Yep, yep. So... Yeah. That. In the app, we get that from uh, Wyoming Fish and Game. Have a partnership with them. Oh, to really? Get that data. Yeah, and they keep it updated okay. throughout the season for us. So if any property comes in or out of the program, we can easily update that in the app, push it up the next day, change it out. On the chip, it's a little harder because that's one copy it's made you know, right. before hunting season. So a lot of those changes uh, right. so, we can't implement in the chip. So they, you know, we don't have that information on the chips. So that's one advantage for the app is a lot of the state agencies like us putting some of that more sensitive data on the app because we can change it out day to day as block management areas come in or out or walk in areas. Right. So. I mean, you guys have the Montana block management yep. areas on there? You yeah. Have... Idaho, Washington, Colorado, Kansas. Okay. Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I can't. All the walk -in you have all the Kansas walk-in hunting areas? Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Really? I haven't been down to Kansas since 2011. Yeah, you had fun say. down there for a couple of years. Yeah, I did. Years. And then they got that really bad drought. And uh, my friend who lives kind of down that direction, he's kind of spooked me off for a few years. He's mm. like, you know, we lost most of our fawn crop for two years in okay. a row. So I that never six years ago, found yeah. time to get back down there. But there's a ton of walk-in hunting areas in Kansas. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what we were doing the three years we were down there. Yeah. We just, oh, here's a walk-in hunting area. And it's, it was Go. during the rut, too. Yeah. I've heard there's some big mule deer on those walk-in areas, mm -hmm. too. There Not are. just whiteys, but big muleys yeah. in Kansas, yeah. too. Yeah, there yeah. are. And uh, I've never been lucky enough to draw the mule deer tag in Kansas. Uh, but the area where we would go, the whitetail tag, there's leftovers. Leftovers. So, and Kansas has this weird thing that if you apply for unit one and it's adjacent to units two and three, you get to pick uh, a main unit and an adjacent unit that you get to hunt. It's kind of weird. I'm, huh. I'm not huh. sure why they do it that way, but... Uh, yeah, those walking areas are just key to conservation because, like I talked about, all the elk moving, you know, there's a thousand elk on this piece of private land. That's how the fish and game is able to work with landowners and actually manage those population objectives. So, right. Yeah, the one That's why we want to support access so much. Those types of programs that the fish and game is working on. Yeah. As a company, just really passionate about those programs mm -hmm. so you can conserve the animals and Obviously, yeah. like you hey. said, hunters said that access was one of the main problems. Yeah, that's yep. that's so. it. I mean, if you don't have access to them, it's yeah. hard to use hunters as a management tool right. and a conservation tool. And so it's, uh, I don't know, I, I'm just kind of... 
very partial to it because like Jason said, it's just so critical to what I do. And, and I know we've done a ton of YouTube videos about your product. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done the e-scouting videos, we've done the boundaries video, we've done so many things that I think people figure, man, Newberg must work for those guys or something. <laughs> uh, in the sake of full disclosure, no, I'm not an employee of Onyx. Uh, but everyone I talk to who I turn them on to the system mm -hmm. are like, whoa, I wish I would have known about that. Well, you do now. Yeah. And we actually <laughs> yeah, have an employment that. contract ready for you to sign. <laughs> <laughs> you can just make videos for oh, us. Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, I think that if you, if I came to work for you guys, you'd be like my CPA partners. They, they'd be thinking, when is Newberg's <laughs> right. employment contract done? <laughs> I go down to my CPA firm now once in a while, and those guys, I'm sure, they, they're polite enough to not say it. <laughs> But if I was in their shoes, I'd be like, can we just fire this guy and terminate this employment contract? He he shows up. He's no longer in charge of the employees. Of the thing I do, I walk in there. I'm like, hey, you guys should get a raise today. That's what I tell all the employees when I show up. <laughs> Clients walk in the door and I'm sitting there just drinking a cup of coffee in the lobby. And I'm like, hey, how big of a refund do you want today? And then they're like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, these guys are guaranteed to get you a refund. I mean, to make their job, my, my perverted sense of humor makes their job so difficult. They should just fire me, but... So, <clears throat> Jason, TV guys, we are, we're always getting grief about, we get all the tags. You do, but I don't. <laughs> How do you draw two sheep tags in a lifetime? That's a good question. I mean... Uh, no, it's a keeps, serious it, question. I'm, it keeps the uh, dream alive, I guess. You know, I defy 20... the odds. I, I, I know my dad's been putting in for sheep for 48 years in the state yeah. of Montana. He's never had a sniff at one. Really? He he was with me when I killed my first ram mm -hmm. in 06. And, and uh, yeah, and I just, just applied like everybody else, you yeah. know. Um, I, I've, trust me, looking on social media, I've seen <laughs> every comment. I'm pretty sure I am one of the most hated hunters in Montana right now. <laughs> But yeah, I've I've heard everything from man. What did you do? I mean, you you have a TV show, like it's obvious now. They just do whatever you want, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I mean, it's just my dad is as mad about it as yeah. anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it's just I'm just lucky. Honestly, I was on a phone call with a friend and and in my office, and I got a text message from my cousin who said tags are out. Okay. So I did the routine, you know, oh, I'm just going to scroll through and yeah. find out I didn't get anything. And I shouldn't say that because I've been lucky. I have drawn moose, sheep, and goat in Montana, and now wow. a second bighorn. Huh. So I've, I am lucky. But, yeah, I just went to go through the scroll, and and there it was. Yeah. Your first choice for sheep, <laughs> successful. And I, 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 I actually thought I screwed up. That was my initial Looking reaction. Was that, there's oh. no way I actually drew this. This must be a U-tag. That was my thought. Is, yeah. I must have put the wrong area. So after about five minutes of me not saying a word to the guy on the phone, I was like, I have got to get off. I actually think I drew a bighorn sheep tag. And so I had to get off the phone and I had to look up the number and I had to research it. I refreshed my screen yeah. and it was still there. I printed it in case anybody wanted to say anything different. I printed that screen. And then I checked the area and it was my first choice for bighorn sheep. Yeah. I, I could not believe it wow. i mean 
it, it's, uh, I was going to go back to Alaska this year for grizzly and follow up my hunt last year. And I was able to talk to my friend, Ben, that I was going to hunt with and the, the outfitter we were going to hunt with for him. Yeah. And it actually worked out better for everybody that I postponed that trip to next next year. Yeah. So I ended up doing that and shifted some stuff around. And yeah, that's going to be the focus this year is... Well, if they'll send me a sheep tag in Montana, I'll postpone my whole season until next year. <laughs> I mean... Oh, Gee. I know. It's it's you can never plan yeah. for it. And it's, I actually watched the video after I got it. I got all back in the bug again, yeah. you know. And I watched the video of you and your friend. I think I messaged you about mm -hmm. it after that. Yeah. It's where you found the big ram that he right. was hunting that had been poached. And yeah. I mean, that's yeah. unfortunate, really. Yeah. Uh, it was a really cool story you told it, there. It um, was. And you know, it was funny. We weren't going to film that because in Montana, our special permits, when do you get to start, Jason? The archery starts September 1st. It's, or 10th or something? Well, it used to be the 15th, okay. all was, special. But right. now they give you like a, an archery-only grace period. So for a week before or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, mm -hmm. so our, our tags are like 10 weeks long here. And the last thing I want to do is be the camera crew that shows up when the guy's still got six weeks left right. of his season. The and pressure he, on him. Yeah, and yeah. he feels yeah. the pressure to shoot something when we're there. So Vaughn kept calling me. I'm on the road somewhere. I'm like, Vaughn, I'm not filming your hunt. I want to stay your friend. <laughs> no, no, no. Come film it. I'm like, I was making every excuse in the world. Finally, I said, well, I can't get a film permit that quickly. He's like, really? I said, yeah. He's like, no, we got pictures of this 200-inch ram. I'm going <laughs> to kill him on Friday morning. And so to kind of relieve the pressure, I said, all right, I'll call and see if I can get a film permit, but I know I can't. I, You know, it takes six weeks. Well, now I've kind of walked myself out on the plank, but, you know, the BLM is not going to give me a film permit in that quick a time. So I call him like, hey, Debbie, you know, I'm, I know what the answer is going to be, but I just told this guy I'd check. She's like, when do you need it? I said, well, in three days. Whew. I'll get it done for you. I'm like, oh, crap. No. <laughs> so much for that excuse. So I call Vaughn. I said, all right, I hope you're serious because... I've got a film permit. I'm going to pick it up in Lewistown on this day. And, <laughs> and so we show up and, you know, it, like you saw in the video, he'd, he'd passed that ram, I think, on the Monday before or something like that. And, and so that day we showed up. The idea was it's right in this basin. We'll kill it. And, mm -hmm. and one of our friends, Gary Porter, was with us. And he's like, look at all those ravens down there in that canyon. And, and you and I, having filmed, we've spent enough time filming for the unicorn that's now gone. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I yeah. thought, ah, oh, there's no way that that's tanked, that, the, that, that, yeah. that ram. And so the rest of the crew stayed up on the, on the top of the brakes. And I said... I just got to go down there because I don't want to be trying to build the story around something that's dead, dead that yeah. some other hunter shot it or whatever. And I come around the corner and I see this coyote feeding on a carcass. And I look down and instantly with that big scar across its face, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And so I, I took pictures of it. And when I come up the hill, I run into Pat Sinclair, who was with us, who's he's been on many sheep hunts. I show it to Pat and his language would not be repeatable on yeah. TV. Yeah. He said, you better have your cameras rolling live when Vaughn sees those pictures because you'll never be able to recreate yeah. that feeling. Yeah. And so we did. But anyhow, it, it was, uh, 
Interesting, a lot of people ask me, well, why didn't you keep those? Well, in Montana, you can't keep the head off a dead bighorn ram. So we called the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. They, a warden came out with an investigator and they investigated what what they thought happened. They found a bullet, I think, and they found a blood trail and all kinds of stuff. And so it was... uh, it made for an interesting story, that's for yeah, sure. I hope did. your story this year, when you film it, doesn't have all those <laughs> I, I agree. crazy ups and downs. Yeah, but. I, uh, yeah I, would, I would agree with you. But that was, it, and it, you said it, you determined it had been poached. That's what, right? they, that's what they told us. They asked for all of our pictures, all of our video. So Fish, Wildlife, and Parks what a waste. for a few years was working that pretty hard. I think they had kind of a lead on it. But... I, I don't know. I've never heard that anything came of it. it. And what a waste. Then later in that hunt, we uh, we found another old dead ram laying out in the sage. And both those rams were over 199 inches. Jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, what would that be? That'd probably be the state record in most states, 199 oh, yeah, inch yeah, ram. Yeah, yeah. And we find yeah. two of them in four days. That's That just shows you that area. And that's, yeah, I mean, why I, why I feel so lucky. I've talked to people that live out there that, you know, they... They told me they know of at least 20 rams that are over, you know, 195 inches in that area right now. Yeah. And wow. that is unheard of. I yeah. mean, what tag anywhere for any species in the world yeah. are you passing up booners, right. you know, for bigger booners? Yeah. I mean, and they're young. They're young yeah. rams. They're not like my ram, year old rams. They're like seven yeah. years old. My yeah. first ram I killed was a 191-inch ram, and he was mm. six-and-a-half-year-old yeah. ram, 17-inch yeah. wow. bases. Great habitat. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So to get back to your question, you know, I didn't <laughs> I didn't do anything different than I normally do. I've been making the joke, you know, I just put a thousand dollars cash in my application and I send it in like I do every year. <laughs> That's how rumors There's, get started, my friend. That's how rumors get started. Oh god. Oh, let it eat. No, I, I'm kind of like you, Jason. I joke about that stuff because if some years I hit the jackpot, but I apply for myself, probably 60 tags across oh, yeah. the West. You, you apply so much. Yeah, yeah, and if all of a sudden it's one of those years tags, we yeah. draw Five. more, yeah, draw a few, people are like, oh, what's going on? This is, I cannot believe that. And so I joke a little bit, like you yeah. just said about the $1,000 in the envelope. And <laughs> then I see some people actually take me seriously when I say that. I'm like, Newberg, you, you, you got to think about it before that stuff leaves yeah. your mouth or you're going to have somebody in trouble down at a game, game and fish agency. So, no, Jason does not draw sheep tags by bribing anybody. <laughs> no. Full disclaimer. It's just how it works with it's bonus It's just luck points. of the draw. You yeah. know, I, I had to, it's kind of an ironic moment because when when I shot my first ram, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks wanted a picture of it to do these posters oh, okay. that was called Take Another Shot at the Dream, and it was for our super, super tags. tags. yeah. So I went into my office, and here's a picture of me with my ram, and it says <laughs> Take Another Shot at the Dream, and I just thought, <laughs> I am the poster child for this, literally, because... I, I defied the odds. I had right. nothing in my favor. I had two bonus points. Yep. I had come to grips that I was one of the lucky people that drew a bighorn sheep in his lifetime, and I would probably never hunt sheep again in my life. I don't have the money it takes to hunt sheep as a a year-to-year thing. I would love to go hunt dolls some year. You know, that's a a bucket list hunt. But I really had come to grips. Moose, sheep, and goat I was never going to hunt again in Montana. Wow. So it was as big a shock to me as it was (laughs) anybody. I mean... 
I wouldn't trade it for the world, yeah. but I, I it's just lucky. So, and, I, you know, I think that that is good, though. You know, a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people might get discouraged from putting in in some right. of these places if they knew they had to put in for 30 years before right. they have enough points to draw. Right. So I think it is cool that you see that you can defy the odds. Mm -hmm. I had two bonus points in yep. one of the best sheep units in all of North America and was able to draw. So I think that's just a testament of... Right. It, it can happen. You got to keep trying because yeah. you just never know. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, yeah. I have concluded this. They don't look you up in the phone book and say, oh, you didn't apply, but here's your sheep tag. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got to put in. Yeah. So <laughs> before we get to Lucky Matt about his history of drawing tags, Eric, I don't know that I've ever asked you, have you ever drawn a moose goat or sheep tag? Never have drawn. I've got about 11 years on it, 12 okay. years on it. I lucked out and I drew a goat tag in 1995. I knew so little about mountain hunting in 1995. I'd only been here for four years. Yeah. I didn't deserve the tag, first of all. Uh, it was before our point system started. I, I went up there and scouted and did some of the dumbest things in one of the most badass wilderness areas in the lower 48, and I just lucked out that nothing bad happened. I was so unprepared. Mm -hmm. and that Goat was, hunting's so next level, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's I, extreme. I would go in there with such bad clothing, bad backup <laughs> plan. <but> I was... <laughs> I, I like, uh, what's Norman McLean saying uh, when River Runs Through It, we owed the world a tragedy or something like that. I was a walking tragedy waiting to happen in the AB wilderness area. Ended up locking out and shot a really nice go, but that's been my only uh, jackpot, tag, if you want to call it, for a moose, for goat, Montana, sheep. Here. For, yeah. for any of the states. I do oh, all the states uh -huh. for moose, goat, and sheep, mm -hmm. and I've never drawn any of them other than that one goat tag. But Matt, you're kind of on the sidelines for everything, aren't you? Well, I'm back in for second on almost all of it. Oh, really? So you, moose, you cycled right? through moose, yep. goat, and sheep. And bison, yeah. And bison? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you had a bison tag. 2010, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez this guy. And mountain goat in 2010. How much money did you put in the envelopes? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, he included a free app download. Like you said, you can't get drawn if you don't put in, and I think... I have a lot of positive thinking. So yeah, there you a go. Positive guy. And he put in yeah. every year since yep. he was in high school. He's got he had max bonus points. So yeah, he was smart. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't say I didn't draw anything else. I did draw bison tag in bison. 2012. Yeah. Yep. The odds were so slim. I didn't even look it up when the odds came. The results came out in <laughs> September. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. Mm -hmm. I came back in November from a hunt in Colorado, and my wife's like, "There's your mail that showed up since you've been gone for three months." <laughs> and there's a tag. In yeah. It. There's this big bundled package from <laughs> Fish, Wildlife, and oh, Parks. Yeah. I mean, All it's a training. Yeah, it's yep. a big Manila oh, envelope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm CD, like, boy, yeah. I, this must be an appearance for court or something. <laughs> I mean, usually subpoenas come in packages this big. And I open it up and it's like, congratulations, you've drawn a bison no. tag. I'm like, you're kidding me. No. But so I, it can happen. That was a lot of fun. So, I think we shot our, I shot mine pretty close to where you got yours. Yeah. I was a little further out on the peninsula there. Yeah. But uh, that year I was the only one that shot a bison. Oh, really? In the state. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you were the one guy. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, Matt Clyde, his <laughs> wife had the super tag that mm -hmm. year. And she had the super take, could yep. hunt any bison all year all, yep. or whatever the seasons the were. season, yeah. And they didn't even shoot one because yep. none came out of the park. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Wow, you lucked was, out, Matt. Yeah. You were... because I found I, one bull. Yeah. I know. Kind of waited on him. It was 
minus 24 degrees that morning when we left Bozeman Ooh. and uh, got down there and and found him. It was about 300 yards. Was it Gardner or West? We were on West, Yellowstone. West, yeah. Yep. Yep. He was way out on the peninsula, um, past all the houses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, and he had four cows and one bull and... Wow, yeah. that is lucky. That was a cold, cold but fun day. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it wasn't that cold. We were busy. Yeah. You were working hard. <laughs> yeah. We started yeah. a fire, <laughs> called in some support. Right. When it you get a, a bison on the big. ground... I mean, your hands, your hands don't get cold. You, you crawl just, inside yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I shot that one... There were four of us, and we were all experienced with knives. Yeah. I mean, all of us have done, spent our share of time butchering, quartering animals in the, in the field. Mm -hmm. that, that was so much work. I, you, they tell you in the orientation, they're like, you know, prepare for right. the fact it's going to be all this work. But until you have a 12, oh, I don't know what they weigh, 1,200 pounds or more, or more yeah. that animal <laughs> move them. laying there <laughs> in two feet of snow, <laughs> yeah. that's when it sinks in like, uh-oh. And the, hide, the hide is so thick. And, yeah. yeah. We're, uh, the, that, like on those bulls, I shot a, I think a six-year-old bull is what mm -hmm. mine was. That, that forward part where they're fighting and hooking with each other mm -hmm. in the rut. Oh, so that's really hard to Yeah, that skin leather out. there gets so thick. Trying to get through that, wow. that is hard on yeah. knives. Yeah. And then just trying to roll it. You don't roll it over. You, you just do one whole, take every, every piece of meat off. Yeah, the top side to get everything off. And then, and then all of you do all yeah. you can to, to roll up it. Yeah. But, oh, that was, that was a lot of work. method works good on that. It did. You're just left with gut pile and a backbone. Right. That's all we ended up with, yep. too. And the heart. Yep. Man, I had a heart. I, I love heart. We did a YouTube video about antelope hearts. The only downside about antelope hearts is they're not as big as bison hearts. <laughs> they go yeah, faster. Of course. <laughs> My <laughs> son loves heart meat, and he was off at college at the time, but I saved some of it for mm -hmm. when he came home. But I ate bison heart. I, I hit it in the bottom of the heart, so okay. I ruined that little part of it. But even after carving that out, the amount of heart meat I ate, yeah. Man, I, my belly was, I looked like a swelled up wood tick after eating all that bison heart, man. I was like, he's going to have a protein coma or something. Yeah. But so, yeah. well, it's nice to know that there are some guys that can do it. Eric and I, uh, Eric no. more than anyone, yeah, being right. the exception. Keep putting in. What, what are I'll we keep trying. Do? What are we going to do to get you over that hump, Eric? I mean, what's I, it going to take to get I you into positive. a sheep hunt? I think you guys, both of you, need to put a little good word into the fishing <laughs> right. game and say, this guy was well-deserving. I, I do. I, yeah. I can put in an extra yeah, thousand and yeah. put Eric's name on it. Put yeah, my yeah, name on it, yeah. I think we're going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to draw again before you. The legislature convenes again <laughs> in 2019, <laughs> See, Eric. I keep there the dream alive. See, I got lots of time left now. When the legislature reconvenes in 2019, I'm going to I'm going to submit a bill for consideration. <laughs> no. Once in the a Eric Onyx no. uh, Bighorn Sheep <laughs> tag. So I'll I, take the moose tag, actually. Yeah. No. So yeah. I uh, <laughs> uh, always, there's one state I always apply for super tags because I'm an antelope nut Arizona. Oh, so yeah. That's hard. It's the only place that I buy these super tag applications. I'm thinking, oh, instead of sprinting all my money out, I'm going to carpet bomb Arizona's antelope one. So I, I'm embarrassed to tell people how much money I spend on that super tag. But it goes to a good cause. It does. It does. It goes yeah. to conservation. Yeah. And, uh, well, they did the drawing on Thursday night. And I'm online hitting refresh, <laughs> refresh. And I look and it says the antelope winners from Montana. <laughs> 
And I look, and it's, <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's Dr. Bob, co-owner of Kennetrack Boots. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. He only bought two chances. <laughs> and they sell like, I can't remember how many thousands of chances. Mm-hmm. And he only bought two. And he drew the statewide analog tag in Arizona. I'm like, well, next time I see him, I, I'm going to find out. That, that's luck like you got going there, Jason. <laughs> Some nice antelope down there. Whew. There sure is. Yeah, yeah, I drew in 2011. I drew an archery tag. I burned 16 points for an archery tag. Yeah. We filmed it for wow. a week, and it's a two-week hunt. And I, sent, uh, I told the camera crew, you guys got to leave. I, I'm staying. You guys go yeah. home. And so yeah. I stayed there, and I came so close so many times. And the buck I was chasing... Some guys watched me uh, that night. They had the rifle tag that started the next day. And uh, they came to my camp that night. They're like, what happened? Did you get him? We saw you disappear out of view. I'm like, no, he's just bedded down there by that water hole. And sneak up on him? I ran out of light. I got to about 100, 110 yards. And it was just like getting dark shooting lights over. And and, uh, he had a smaller buck and three does with him. And they're like, Man, we'd like to kill that one. I'm like, yeah, if I was you, I'd do it too. And so I said, if I was you, I'd be in there before daylight at that water hole. And they're like, okay. And so I gave them my phone number. I'm like, if you shoot them, you know, if you get up, caught up to them, give me a text. I'd like to see that buck up close. Was your season over then? My season was over. The next morning, their season started. And I'm, I got my camp all packed up because I got to be to New Mexico for the next day for a hunt. And it's maybe nine in the morning and I get a text from them <laughs> and they're sitting there with this big thing, <laughs> big smiles. And uh, I'm like, cool. So they got it officially Good. measured and it netted right on the button, 90 inches. Whoa. So wow. some of the bucks I was so passing huge. up, the camera guys are like, you yeah. are an idiot. But when you see a buck like that, yeah. and I knew I'm probably only hunting Arizona once in my life for, for antelope. I just... Uh, it was like having blinders on. You yeah. know, I, I'd go and do a few stocks thinking, uh, yeah, but if it didn't work out, even though it was an 82-inch book or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, not the end of the world. Let's go find this big one yeah. again. And, and another time I had a close encounter with him and some guy comes walking over the horizon with <laughs> a moo cow decoy <laughs> that he'd seen us doing on the TV show. <laughs> and the, the buck takes off running and I talk to him and he's like, that's... You're you're Randy Newberg. That's why I'm using this black cow. Out here. <laughs> nice. Like, oh, great. Doesn't work all the time. Car- karma comes back to bite. <laughs> yeah. Him. So but, there has uh, to be cows around. Yeah. So you- <laughs> yeah. But when you put right. the antelope decoy up, most times the Montana bucks run the other way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, where your sheep tag is, Jason? You know that was for me. That was pre Onyx map days, and we ended up making such a detour to get to that that ram that Vaughn shot. Oh yeah. Now, when I look at, because well, a lot of people ask me, hey, I drew the tag, do you mind showing me where, whatever? And so now I go in and I'm like, well, yeah, here's how you can get there way easier than we got there. You've probably been studying the maps too now. You've oh, yeah. seen and, some uh, spots where you were like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I'm excited to get in there. Yeah, if we would have had the, the chip or the app at that time, it would have saved us about four miles that day. Wow. And uh, yeah. then I, there's also some spots that, you really couldn't tell on the paper map what, where exactly, where, drain, where is this drainage yeah. running? 
And so we we passed on some opportunities. I don't know if Vaughn would have shot him, but we just weren't comfortable uh, whether that was public or private. Right. And uh, so you won't have that excuse. I ex anything short of a 205 inch Ram, Jason, and we're, <laughs> Easy. we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're not going to be your friend with anymore. With a bow. Are you doing with a bow? Your, with your bow, bow yeah, 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 yeah. With I'm, your bow. That is my goal, though. Bow. I do yeah. want to do it with a bow this yeah. year. Cool. And you got your first one with the bow? No, rifle. Okay, rifle. first one so was a rifle. That makes sense. So, cool. Well, from yeah. what I saw that unit, where, where, how we did it, there were some of those nice rams you could have got up to with a bow. Yeah. It was, and it that's was doable. one thing. You know, like I said, I had come to grips with the fact that I would probably never hunt those sheep again. But, of course, you always think about what you would have done differently. Yeah. And at that time, I was an electrician. I had two weeks paid vacation. I was just freshly married. I, yeah. I didn't have a lot of time. I felt like I was really rushed back and forth, yeah. you know. And this year, that, those, those are the two things. I want to do it with a bow, and I just want to soak it up. Yeah. You know, I said, I've told guys, like, I just want to be that guy that doesn't feel so much pressure on this tag that I don't enjoy it. I just want to take naps on the side of the mountain <laughs> and just be in sheep country and just enjoy it this year. And, and that's, yeah, kind of yeah. what I plan to do. I'm, yeah. Well, you make a good point there about the have two weeks paid vacation thing and all that. And I'm always trying to keep myself <laughs> in that mindset of back when I had the full-time job, the CPA firm was pulling me away, being self-employed, sunned, you know, in high school and trying to be the coach of the oh, Pop yeah. Warner football, all those time constraints. And one thing that would have helped me then is a product like you guys have, some of the other yeah. products I have today would have been super helpful because the time I had to hunt was so precious. You can't use it as time to scout exactly. at that time. You yeah. needed that time to hunt. Right. Yeah. So with technology today, the e-scouting that I can do in February or in July makes my time hunting, hunting. Yep. When I show up, I've yeah. got a plan and I'm off and going. Yeah, I was and, fed up with like going down the wrong Forest Service road, not knowing where I was on the Forest Service map. Like, <laughs> oh, man, that's like wasting two hours. I got to yeah. go all the way back around that yeah. one. Ah. Especially like taking the wrong turn in the morning and not getting yeah. the trailhead in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ah, it's the, a big difference. It's, I, I get a lot of people who will be like, well, when I grew up, we, this is how we did it. And, and I'm kind of a little bit the same way. My son will be like, well, you should have seen how it was when I was your age, you know? <laughs> and I think we... And it's we just kinda, a natural progression. It's, yeah, it's a natural part of who we are, and we learned it from our grandparents or our dad or whatever. But I do think that today's technology has been a huge help for getting more hunters in the field, which some would say, no, we don't need more hunters, but increasing their likelihood of success. And to me, that's everything in my platforms is how do I lower the hurdles? How do I lower the hurdles and how do I maybe inspire them that they could do it? So yeah. it's, a, it's really that simple. And uh, Yeah. You know, the things too that amaze me about the product is the things that you, ne you, you end up using it for that you never would have imagined you used it for, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I think I was telling you this story a week ago or something just about, you know, like... Um, even if you're not intending on hunting private or even if there isn't an, you don't need to know that landowner's name because the animal's standing on there. I've been on some of the most exhausting lion chases in my entire life <laughs> that I intended on being, and they were all on public. But when you're done, you're 10 miles in, right. you're exhausted. You've got a pack of hounds. Now you got a dead lion 
in like one instance, my buddy's knee was like basically shot. He got to the tree and it was kind of that moment of, okay, like this knee is jello. I just caught a, you know, killed this lion. I've either got to pack this thing out 10 miles or that was my buddy Barrett. He, his knee was, you know, it was, he just uh, didn't have it in him. Like right. it, it was a real moment and, uh, got on the Onyx maps, was able to research three different landowners that were below us. Mm-hmm. And there was a County road, like a quarter mile away <laughs> or go back on forest <laughs> miles, 10 miles. Right. We could get to this subdivision road. And I would never would have dreamed that day that I would have used it for, for anything really, you yeah. know, other than just tracking the hounds. Yeah. And that saved us. I mean, it saved us, I don't even know how many hours. And it could have been the difference between him blowing out his knee on the mountain and not. And, you know, that's just just one example that I can think of, you know, where it isn't the, just the classic, oh, there's a deer. I want to see whose property it on. You know, that's the obvious of what this product does. The things that I've learned, you know, that I've ended up using this product for that I never would have... you know, it's just, it continues to prove its value. Another yeah. one, not to just keep going here, but I think of this Keep one. going, Jason. <laughs> I want to hear how you use this because we don't ever get to hunt together. We're right. We're off going other directions. So I'm always interested in how other people who do what I do, do it. These are the types okay. of stories that keep us going. So really, the team's working really hard and this, you know, they love hearing these. So, oh Please yeah. Continue. So, love so I, one of my big passions is spring bear hunting. I, I love spot and stock spring bear hunting. And I yeah. know you do too. Yeah. Um, and as you know, we're in big mountains here. And a lot of the times you're, you're looking at these bears across a Canyon and we all know what it looks like from this view, but when you drop into the canyon, you, you get on that side hill, all of a sudden everything's the same. Right. You can't make rhyme or reason like that one tree you yeah. had picked out is all of a no, sudden 20. on an entire mountain and you're yeah, looking man. for one tree. And, and so, no matter how many times you like, no, okay, I'm going to study that hillside yeah, and I'm not going to have that happen to me again. Okay, then you get up there and it's like, dang it, it happened again. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, two years ago, I spotted a bear and it was literally this blanket forest hillside across from us, one tiny little opening. And this bear comes out into it and it feeds for a while. And, you know, I'm sitting there looking at the clock going, okay, we got, we got two hours to get down across this canyon. And so before we left, I pulled up the app where you can see the Google earth and all the aerial and I pulled it up and I was able to get on that hillside and I was able to zoom up and see that one opening. opening. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. we're talking like yeah. this, you know, 20 yard round area, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. big on that huge mountainside. Yeah. I pinned it, got down in the bottom and I'm not kidding, that whole stock, I was basically looking at my phone. I, yeah. You know, I the was pulling it up and I was yep. just tracking us right into where I had dropped that pin. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to anything on the mountain. I was looking at that pin, checking the wind, making sure that the wind corresponded with where the pin was and all that. Shot that bear at 60 yards in his bed. Wow. On a heavy timbered hillside. And I can promise you that would not have happened without this app. No. And that was just another way that I turned to my buddy, Rich Philback. I know you know Rich. Yep. And I just said, I mean, can you believe it? Like what we were able to just do, we've, we've tried to figure out how to get across these mountains and decipher it for years. Yeah. And that was just another story where like sitting on the, you know, rack at the store, 
you would never think of that application. Right. But this product continues to prove to me why I will never leave without it. And it continues to bring up things I never would have dreamed of how I would use them. Well, what you, know? you talked about there, Jason, is why an old school guy like me is starting to become one of these new school guys with these smartphone things. Whatever it is. <laughs> they're, just, they're just phones now. That's the standard. Is that, is, okay, you just call it a phone. No yeah. one has the one like I had growing up where you it's like dial. the egg phone. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 you, brrr, you know, and three rings was you, four rings was Olsen's down the party line. But so one of the things I've, I, you know, I was always this Garmin guy, put the chip in, uh, and the surface ownership was great. I was lazy. I had all my waypoints and all my trails and stuff marked in there, so I never wanted to download and transfer. That's a super easy program to use. Yeah, I I know that It's like a plug and play, yeah. Yeah, but you're talking to a, a guy who grew up, you know, I, I was a oh, logger yeah. oh, yeah. son. I mean, and I my technology <laughs> level isn't far above where my dad's ended. So, <laughs> but my camera guys for the last few years, they're strictly app guys. They look at me with that clunky, why are you carrying that extra thing that requires more batteries and blah, blah, blah. Well, a lot of times we're walking this basin or whatever. And I'm like, hey, pull that up on the aerial. I What's over this ridge? Is yep. it, well, all of a sudden, there's a burn over the ridge and we can see, we get the aerial image, we get everything without having to walk over that. Yeah. And anyone who follows our stuff knows that if there's a burn, that's where I'm going. And so you guys have the burn layers on there, but even if you didn't have the burn layer, just to see that it was more open without having to, you know, gain 600 feet to get over to the other side, huge benefit for that. So, but speaking of burn layers. Okay. You guys, uh, the burns are going to soon be on the on the web map. Yes, on the web map. Okay, by the time people are listening to this. Okay, when, by the time in, people start listening to the podcast, all of Randy Newberg's favorite hunting spots are now going to be available to desk to to e scout on your desktop. Yep, and in the mobile app. They've yep. been on the mobile app yep. for quite a while. That's yep. where. Yeah. That's where I. That's part of what really hooked me, and caused me to say, Randy, you better start moving along here if you if you are as addicted to hunting burns as you are and they're at that time we're only on the app that's what really got me to the app is is that layer and uh, but now it's going to be on the desktop app yep. so all of my buddies who already are mad at me for doing these e-scouting videos now they're really going to be mad because now people are going to be able to see the burns on their desktop. Yep. Yes, we've brought them all in-house, mapped them out. We went back to what? 2000? 2000? 2002? Something like that. Back for a ways, yeah. Yeah. 2000-ish, yeah. 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 Right in there. And And right uh, now, with the... With the new new platform you guys let us play with over the last month? Yep. They really stand out now. Yeah. You guys didn't have to make... You didn't have to make it that conspicuous, okay? (laughs) Right there's a big kind of what do you call those? Not a polygon or whatever kind of like shape. A shape shape file area. Yeah. yeah. 2012. I'm like crap. Yeah. Guess Which is nice to know the year because that right, is nice. You want to target? Yeah. I want to target. Yeah. yeah. Fires that are five to six years old. If I'm yep. maybe looking for elk, if I'm looking for morel mushrooms, you know, yeah. one to two years old. You know, whatever is appropriate for what activity you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Would be really nice. So, folks. You're not going to have to rely on anything else other than your desktop 
anymore to go and find burns. That whole, I used to tell people, well, if you really want to go, you got to go, yeah. go out to NC Web or you do this oh, yeah. or you do yep. that. And there's all these kind of old archaic websites mm -hmm. where, yeah, if you are a computer software engineer, you'll be able to figure out how to get that data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's out there. Yeah. 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 But now, now thanks for making now it so simple, guys. Now it's hundreds of layers all in one. Pretty soon, one I'm going to be like some of those people who are hating on me. I'm going to be like, guys, come on, just <laughs> don't be doing this here. But well, you, so, you already you already, did, you already one. did one layer that uh, <laughs> uh, I know. So <laughs> that you and Eric but, but aren't Let's happy get about. into that layer last. We'll okay. save the most hated layer for last. But <laughs> Eric, you were telling me, but useful, he, but useful. Yes, that's go. why it's going to okay. be hated. Is it's too useful. Eric, you were telling me you guys have the new uh, timber harvest layers in the, that's going to be coming out with the new release. So when yep. people are listening to this, they will be able to go and see timber sales because mm -hmm. let's face it, a lot of places, clear cuts are exactly. where we hunt. Anything that creates a fringe or an edge, deer, elk, bears, whatever, that those are the places that hang yeah, out. So. Exactly the same situation. With you looking at the burn layer, you're looking for those feed locations. And if there's a recent timber cut, then you've got those that feed coming up and you're going to attract. And is, is that strictly forest service? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forest service land. Yeah. Yeah. Which if you're in Montana, Idaho, mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon, those yeah. are the places you hunt. I mean, spring bear hunting, mm -hmm. I'm looking for whatever the opening is. I don't care if it's mm -hmm. a clear cut, a timber yeah. cut, a thinning, yeah. uh, whatever, or if it's a burn or, I mean, I'm just not good enough. Well, I'm not good enough to shoot bears on a regular basis anyhow, but I don't go chase them in the timber like some people do. I got to have them. Out in well, these now you can. Timber well, you can, yeah, thanks to Jason <laughs> letting the cat out of the bag. But uh, no, they having that layer is going to be super helpful. I mean, I, I think yeah. about those guys who hunt Roosevelt elk and hunt uh, uh -huh. black-tailed deer. Yeah. Those really guys, great. when I talk to them, they're like, if it's not some sort of timber cut, yeah. It's so thick, we don't yep. have a chance. So yeah. I yep. suspect the Idaho, Oregon, Washington guys are going to be... I think they'll like that. They'll be... Uh, and it classifies them as a clear cut or a thinning. So, oh, does it? So there's a okay. little bit different shade for the clear cuts versus the thinning areas. And then once again, it has the year on uh -huh. the label. So you can quickly reference the year. You can long press or press on the polygon and it'll tell you how many acres... Uh, more information about the sale, the name of the sale, more information about it if you want to really? dig in and do more research. But, cool. but yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. So the next layer, would this this layer kind of gives you a way of where you grew up, Eric. Miles maybe City, Montana bit. is like the prairie dog <laughs> capital of, and maybe not the capital, but if you want to meet some crazy prairie dog shooters, Miles City is a go good place to hang out if if you like to do that. Yeah. So what did you guys do with the prairie dogs? So yeah, just a little bit of a pet project of mine. We <laughs> we looked, <laughs> scanned aerial imagery across the United States yeah. with certain knowing certain concentration areas for prairie dogs. We basically marked every single prairie dog town that we could find. Really? From aerial imagery. So scanned you, the whole in the US. western US. So that little prairie dog icon I mm -hmm. saw in the layers, mm -hmm. that's what that was. Yep. I clicked at a time or two and that was stuff the first showed version. up. I'm first like, version of it, yeah. Yep. Now we got, basically we believe every prairie dog town that we could find in the United States. So over over 16,000. 16,000 prairie, 16, prairie, prairie dog towns. 16,000 prairie dog towns. Not towns. Right. They'd be like, 
So are you talking so just prairie dogs, or is this gophers? Or are you talking just prairie dogs? Well, like down by where we turkey hunt. Like, those are prairie dogs. Yeah, but yeah, that's they, all yeah, your, yeah. not just gophers. No. no okay. Yep, okay. No. Well, now you've just got a whole new audience of uh, users yeah. of uh, prairie dog And there's some really shooters. dedicated oh. prairie dog shooters that are in a fine oh, layer, super if, valuable. If you run into a guy who is serious about prairie dogs, they're yeah. a different... <laughs> They're cut from a different cloth. Yep. I mean, these guys... I, they are we, serious. We yeah. do a lot of walleye fishing up at Fort Peck. Mm -hmm. And from Glasgow, Malta, Harlem, all that, there's a lot of guys who do that up mm -hmm. there. And when you run into those guys when I'm up there mm -hmm. fishing, I'll see them. They've got stands in the back of their truck. <laughs> totally. They've got cases there where they throw their brass. I'm like, well, how many rounds are you shooting in it? Oh, good day is about five or 600. Like... Holy yeah, smoke. I went with a couple of guys <laughs> last year and they had, they take these ATVs out and they've got four rifle racks on there and they put their four guns on their rack and they're going, here they go. I'm bang, like, bang, bang. got my little 22, like, oh, sweet, you guys are pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> four of their guns. So they're switching out, you know, get this one getting too hot. Get yeah. this one out. Get I know a one. rancher oh, yeah. over by Ringling who has two guys could drive up from Florida every year yeah. to spend a week and shoot prairie dogs yeah. on his place. And yeah, they yeah. just, it's a tradition. Yeah. They love it. The, yeah. the, the one guy who I, the, and this is where it really struck me how different they are. One guy had like a cargo trailer behind him, about a 12 by, I don't know, seven foot trailer. And when you drop it, he's got his reloading bench and everything <laughs> in there. Do it With right lights, there. the whole works. I'm like- He's up all night. Yeah. Like mobile like, command center. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, don't you bring Bulldogs. enough with you? He said, well, I just never know how this is going to be doing. And so- <laughs> In the middle of the day, if it's too nice. hot, I'll come back and I'll do this. Or at night, I'll do that. I'm like, this guy is serious. Nice. And I can't remember where he's from, but he, huh. he traveled a long ways to come here yeah. and shoot prairie dog. So Yeah, so you turn that layer on, turn on your public and private lands, and you can see, is the wow. prairie dog town on public, private? Who owns it? Give them a call. Huh. Good chance you can get permission. So this last layer we're going to talk about, um, I've done a bunch of e-scouting videos and I showed people how a low-tech redneck like Randy, I I guess if there's one thing about hunters, we're, we're all, I think MacGyver was a hunter. He, <laughs> he had to figure out how to just make it work with what he had. So not being a, a software engineer. <laughs> or a TV oh, really? show host. <laughs> or being, sure. Yeah, I think it, being a TV show host and an accountant puts you so far down the technology curve that, that the bell curve has, you can't even see the peak of the bell curve from where I'm at. So I'm showing people how I do this and I do it with Microsoft Paint and mm -hmm. screen captures and saving your files and stuff. Yep. And one of your guys called me, maybe it was you, Matt, I don't know. You got, I sent a draft of the video. They're like, yeah. what are you doing there? I said, well, I'm marking the roadless areas. I, I, I kind of scale the width of my paintbrush on Microsoft Paint and I follow all the roads and I kind of make these red marks that say, don't go there. And then what's left is the places that I know are at least mm -hmm. a half mile from a road or a motorized trail. Yep. And you guys said, well, why are you doing it that way? <laughs> I said, because I don't know how else to do it. Yep. And you guys said something to the effect of, well, give us some time. We'll fix that. Yeah. And so the new layer is going to, or the it's, new. It's, it'll, it's probably out by now. What, yeah. are you, what are you guys calling it? 
their roadless. Oh, we can work on that, but Randy's roadless areas. Oh, Randy's roadless. No, that, way, that way we can blame it. I you. am going to get blamed. <laughs> so here's how it's going to work, folks. You say, I want to see all areas that are X far from a motorized road. So right now we have one setting and it just and it's a gradient. Right. So the so further from a, the road, the, the wider the, the wider the, the lighter gets. the more transparent the, more the gradient gets. Yep. The closer yeah. to the road, the, the darker, darker, the less transparent the gradient Correct. is. Yep. And and you, so if you're looking at a hunting unit and you, you know, go to a unit in New Mexico and look at that unit, you can easily see oh here's some white areas, white areas, white areas. That's where I'm going to focus maybe for late season elk or you know, right. whatever you're going to be hunting if you want to get the furthest away from roads. Right. So it's, I'm using it. I drew a elk tag in Nevada this year. So I've been looking at it over the last week and uh, it's really highlighted some areas that I think right. I have a late season muzzleloader. So I'm like, I think there's some areas I might have to hike into. So, so yeah. me, the days of me on my Randy room floor with a Sharpie. Mm-hmm. And a BLM Coloring surface map, out. Yep. squiggling everything I don't out. don't want to look there. Yeah. And then saying, well, there's a spot right there that doesn't. Look at that. There's three square miles. Mm -hmm. There's no roads there. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now it's just going to be click the layer and... Turn it on. Yep. There you and go. There you go. Look at your unit. Maybe drop some waypoints, turn the layer off, and now start researching how you can get in there. If you want to get the furthest away from a road. So if you're... And the nice thing about the gradient is like, it shows like these little areas that are like right. that, you know, you, some guys can't hike five miles. I don't really want to hike five miles every, right. every time I go in, but you might be able to find a little hidden area that's a mile, half a mile from a road. So. so all of that work and all of this sanctuary stuff I talk about in my lectures, mm -hmm. of, you know, sanctuaries are the places that are either due to distance or topography are far from roads. Yep. Now people will know where to go and look for sanctuaries. They will. By Randy. click one click of one the mouse button. and turning on a layer. Yep you will now know where the sanctuaries yep. are. It's pretty funny. Our team's yep. looking at this layer, previewing it like, oh man, I don't know if we can release this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, we can, what is going on here? Because you like look at your best hunting spots and you're like, dang it, it highlights like all the I know. spots. Because um, anyway, you've explained it on your podcast. There. No, you still got to get there. Still got to hunt. You, you are right, Eric. It, it does. If you are a public land elk hunter and you subscribe to the theory that all, pretty much every study shows that pressured elk want to be far from motorized roads and trails. Mm -hmm. That's not, and I tell people, I'm not saying this because I've got some political bias against <laughs> motorized right. yeah. travel. I want you to be able to kill elk. And that's what every piece of research shows. So that's where I go to look for elk, mm -hmm. especially in the post rut in the late season. Once the rut's over, these bulls are going to survive another season. Mm -hmm. And they're getting away from roads and trails. So yeah. they need the less stress, the least amount of stress on them as possible to come out of a long rut, you know, that's yeah. worn them down. Yeah. If they don't find an area with little stress, I mean, it'll just really hurt their survival going through the winter. And they know yeah. that. I mean, right. They've figured they it, sense out. it yeah. out. They know where they need to go. Yeah. It's so, their life. I mean, so now when you turn those layers on, all of Eric's favorite spots, all of my favorite <laughs> spots are going, they're not going to, it's not going to be like there's a, a pin right. right there, but no. you're going to know kind of where Randy Newberg hunts. 
in and, the in the post rut or late yeah. season period. And big areas, you know, like the Bridgers is going to have a lot of white, you know, in some of the areas. Then you'll have, yeah. you know, up Ferry Lake, it'll be a little shaded where people right. might the roads closer and Flathead Pass, and you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It's not like it says go right here. Yeah. You're still going to yeah. have to. Yeah. Put your. It's a gradient. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. you're going to have to think about it. You're going to yep. have to do some more research, but the process of finding where the general areas mm -hmm. are that don't have roads and trails all of a sudden got and that it, easy. And yeah. it totally depends on your application. Like early season archery, right. I mean, Eric's hunting property lines. He's hunting boundaries. He's hunting private right. hayfield, like the edges, trying yeah. to get the elk coming back from the hayfields and back and forth or right. whatever. So it's not yeah. like everybody's going to go funnel into those areas because the elk aren't there. Right, you're peak right. rut. Yeah, in it depends what state you're in and what habitat. Like yeah, Nevada, totally. they're all over, but in Montana, they they're not at the top of the mountains all year. They're down along the private a lot of times. Yeah. So, so I, I would say in a peak rut period, that those layers are going to not be as yeah. important because yeah. the elk are just running around looking for cows. Yep. The bulls are wherever the cows are. And yep. but boy, you get to that post rut and late season period, and that is. Uh, I, can can you guys delay that till after the hunting season? <laughs> I'll tell well, you. What this, states do you have takes? Or we'll just turn it off. Uh, <laughs> I have Montana, Arizona, and New Mexico. Oh, that might hurt us. Or, I, I mean, I not that. New Mexico, Wyoming. I got Arizona, Wyoming, and Montana. Oh, yeah. Nobody Sometimes will mind. Nobody just, will mind if it's missing in those states. <laughs> <laughs> I did find a spot that the elk walk right through the trailhead, so I'm okay with launching the layer. I've got like my you said, one spot. Animals or animals? They go yeah, everywhere. Yeah, they, they go everywhere. They so need, uh, as everyone's food walking, and water. everyone gets up to that one early, and I just sit there and camp, just like, oh, have, good luck, yeah. guys. I'm gonna wait. Well, yeah. and if you're a close too, it's just an area you can go to know that you're not gonna see people. Exactly. Right. I remember one spring bear season. I was so frustrated with seeing people yeah. that I actually didn't even care if I. I went to an area that had bears. I just wanted to get away Not from people. people. Yeah. Yeah. And miraculously, yeah. there was bears. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope that the people listening understand or, or are realizing that how you guys use, uh, uh, what would I say? The, those people you have relationships who are intensive users of your product, mm -hmm. you kind of send us out the door and say, go use it. Yeah. Tell us what would uh, tell us how you use it. Come and meet with our people, our product development folks, and tell us how we can make it better. And I don't know if any of my input's worth anything, but I know no. you yeah. send a bunch of us out in the field mm -hmm. this for summer. that specific yeah. purpose. Yeah. yeah, we had over four thousand, I think, customers and and staffers out testing the new app that yeah. uh, that is uh, should be out by now. But uh, everybody was out testing it, you know, this summer and looking at it and giving us feedback and uh, yeah, it's been great. And, you know, we've done surveys over the last few years, you know, trying to figure out what we needed to do. Our customer service team, you know, gets hundreds of phone calls, thousands of emails a day. Uh, they do a really good job of compiling kind of all the customer requests and, and things we can improve on. So yeah. it's been a year long effort to, to rebuild the app coming up, coming up to launch for this fall. So. Yeah. Well, for me, and again, I'm probably the outlier. But the interface, the just on the desktop, the user, app, the yep. user interface mm -hmm. is so much easier so for awesome. me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's much more user-friendly. I, I think friendly. Yeah. everybody will look at that and say, oh, wow, yeah, it's right. fun. This, is, this is easy. Even Randy can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going to be shooting a YouTube video, aren't we, Matt? In the next, next week, yeah. Yeah, we're going to show people these, these layers, layers and how to use them. Uh, yeah. to use them. And <laughs> I'm even going to do it. So they'll look at it and say, well, if Newberg can do it, yeah. <laughs> Even a caveman can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might have the makings of a Geico commercial yeah. here. I mean, there's, there's lots of data out there working on some He's other... He's got the beard. 
Yeah. yeah you I do, mean. Matt. You, you got the beard. So maybe you okay, man. <laughs> uh, so I do have one, one thing I want to add. One more story that sure. I was thinking of yeah. is where this spring I had a I, the, I saw had a I had a great bear season this year. Saw more bears than I ever have. Lots of sows and cubs though. I saw forty eight bears total this spring. Mostly, I think thirty five of them were sows and cubs. Yeah. But the one big bear that I did find, not too far from where we are here right now. Um, giant chocolate dude just one of those bears that when you look at there's just no doubt <laughs> it is a tank <laughs> yeah. you know and um candy and i had never hunted before always wanted to just never had been there and i didn't really know once i dropped down across that canyon and got up the other side how everything laid so i was trying to figure out where i could get a shot because i know i'm not going to want a shot at that bear in that exact meadow or he'll he's going to hear me coming it's all rock and shale yeah. like there's no way i can get on that bear so i was able to sit across the canyon and um you know put a pin where i wanted to sit yeah. and put a pin where the bear was okay. and measure that distance mm -hmm. and so yeah. i was able to go man if i get there that's still a 520 yard shot i need yeah. to get 150 yards closer before I can even think about this. So then I would, you know, scroll the map around mm -hmm. and I go, well, this looks like an opening. And I'd draw the line there and I go, okay, 350. Now we're talking. If yeah. I can get to that knob right there, I know when I crest up, I will have a shot if mm -hmm. he's there. Yeah. Instead of piddling around on the mountain and potentially yeah. scaring him. Now, granted, I didn't get that bear because I ended up getting a flat tire on my bike and a bunch, <laughs> a bunch, of, a bunch of things went wrong and I didn't get him, but... but they that, call that hunting, Jason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Awesome. But, uh, but I just, you know, that yeah. was another thing yeah. that I can think of that in the, mo Some planning the moment, in the field. you're just yep. trying to do the best you can with what you have. And it was yeah. just another thing that I never would have thought of, once again, sitting on the shelf. But you get out there in those moments and... Like you say, we're MacGyver. We're we're working with anything we have to put this together, yeah. and and that was just one more way. I was thinking that's cool because I I know I no longer have to waste time. I know exactly where I have to get to yeah. be able to be in distance to make that shot. Yeah, and, and I've used that same thing in Arizona, especially sometimes the late seasons. We're hunting canyons, and I'm trying to figure out okay if we get out to that rock, how far would it be if a bull came out yeah. at the mouth of the canyon, and you can kind of triangulate that yep. uh, using the, the app or you can even do it with the GPS, but it's a lot harder with the GPS. Um, yep. So we know that what Jason's most uh, anticipated hunt is for this year. I think that you, you got yeah. anything that you're anticipating <laughs> more than a Montana bighorn tag? No, not at okay. this point. No. Eric, you got anything this year is causing you to lose sleep because you're so hmm, excited? Let's see it? here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Alaska for a moose. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. I got a 20-day moose hunt in Alaska with two other 20 guys. 20 days. Are you guys floating, flying in? Flying into a lake and then doing a 30-mile float and oh, then getting wow. picked up. How yep. cool is Do that? Do it yourself. Yeah, that wow. is cool. It's going to be an wow. awesome hunt. So you're kind of scaring me earlier <laughs> talking about this bison. Oh, <laughs> you <laughs> know We're trying to get two, three moose. Time I, I have family who lives up there, so it's almost like... Not oh, fair. Uh, and in 2001, when 9-11 happened, we were in Moose Camp. My grandparents lived up there. I've got three uncles and their families who live up there. And uh, if, if I could give you a piece of advice, if you have anyone who's fresh out of the military, you know, bring, <laughs> bring up big stout bring, dude. Bring a packer. 
So we were there, and between eight of us, we shot four moose. Oh, my goodness. And uh, my uncle Larry, <laughs> he shot his moose furthest from the river. And we had a little, my, my uncles live there. They've got this kind of figured out. I'm, I'm like taking notes and stuff and observing, but they had a little canoe where in most instances, we could float it down these little channels to the river where the big boats were. Well, this one, the biggest one of them all that Larry shot, 61 inches, <laughs> dies out in a bog somewhere, swamp. But my cousin, Patrick, he's about 6'3", just like a piece of piano wire, man. I mean, he is nothing but muscle. And he just got out of the service. And I told the guys, I said, watch this. It was one of those places in Alaska where you can't bone out the meat. You got to keep mm -hmm. the meat yep, on exactly. the bone. And uh, I said, Patrick, I bet you $200. You can't get these two hindquarters out of here in two trips. Oh, what do you mean? Hindquarters? Yeah. I said, <laughs> I bet you 200 bucks those hindquarters that you can't get one out in a trip all by yourself and then come get the other one. Oh, I can too. <laughs> it was the best $200 I ever spent. So, Eric, if you can find someone else who's enthusiastic and wants to prove that for 200 bucks that they can do it, bring them with. I'm nope. going to bring 200 cash and I'll, I'll <laughs> pay yourself. Make a bet to whoever. I need to to get them to get that out. No. Uh, we have the Ten Commandments, and one of them is definitely do not shoot the moose any further than couple hundred yards from the river. Yeah. Until the last. They are so big. Until the last. Until the last. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That was my dad's <laughs> rule, moose hunting in Canada. Yeah. If we can't reach it from the boat, I am not letting you shoot that moose. <laughs> yeah. There's one up there. You know what's funny? You know, Barrett helps you with all yeah. of your stuff, Jason. I am up on the Katil oh, River I've heard this story. in Alaska. <laughs> I mean, so we fly into Fairbanks. Then we take a little plane to Galena. From Galena, we take a boat 120 miles. We go down the Yukon, up the Koyukuk, and then up the Katil River, and we drop our camp. And we're there for 10 days, and the weather is absolutely miserable. It rained every day, ruined half of our camera gear. And all of a sudden, this boat comes buzzing up the river, and they stop to talk to us. And who is it? Barrett Haugen from Bozeman, <laughs> Montana. I'm like... I don't even see you really? in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're there up here is. at the Arctic Circle and we run into each other. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember hearing that story from him. He was just as surprised to see you. I can promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I would have never dreamt that would happen. But that was, that was a hard hunt. We had, it's one of... It was, yeah, it was for them too. For us, it, we did everything we could. And it just, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> What do you do? Yeah. And then we end up, we have one good encounter, but mm -hmm. we're down to one one camera that's barely working and a DSLR. That's all we've got left. And the one encounter we have, we're waiting for him to get closer. And so the only footage we get is this bull barely walking through the trees 200 yards away. I think people figure we made that up or something. <laughs> like, no, really. We, we try, plan to kill that bull. We're just trying to figure out how are we going to film this thing because... Yeah. Yeah, it's so, as, so as a camera guy, I got to know, how did you lose all that equipment? One <laughs> disaster, like one bag in the river kind of thing or multiple Air, incidents? Without Airplane, incriminating Airplane. a camera guy? <laughs> hey, I've done it all. So you can't say anything I haven't so, done I mean, myself. It's exhausting. No, no <laughs> memory I mean, card. It, it, yeah. is, it is so exhausting up there when because it, it seems like it, even in September, it's still a lot of daylight. And you're, you're working your butt off. And these camera guys are downloading footage, doing everything at night. 
Well, one of the camera guys forgot and left his camera in a in the vestibule in his tent, and he had a, a tarp underneath the vestibule so that all the swamp water wouldn't come up. Well, he also had parts of the tarp sitting outside the tent, and it rained that night oh. hard. And when he set the camera down there as he was going into his tent that night, all oh, that water came puddled. to where the camera created oh, a low spot. There's a $5,000 bill. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and it was our key camera. We lost, we had the SD card in there from the, that day. We, oh man. So yeah. for people who aren't filming, they're like, well, I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. But you, Jason, you, well, I you appreciate know exactly. It. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened. And then we had another spare camera and we just ran out of battery. Our battery oh, just yeah. crapped and died. We, we uh, you know, when it starts getting colder, we, we brought, it's a spare, so it's not like we're going to bring a ton of batteries for it. Yeah. Well, of the two batteries, it had one went bad. And so Jeez. you'd go out you and film for about a half hour and you're out of batteries. would have to go back to camp and recharge batteries. So it's just, so I hope your hunt <laughs> turns out better than that one, Eric. That's, uh, that was. Now that we've built not, you up. You're not filming. <laughs> yeah. No, you'll probably show up. A big bull will be Six. standing on the bank and you'll just dump him right there. Right when we land the plane, there'll be a couple just... You gotta wait. There you go. Yeah, you gotta wait till the next day, but you'll wake up that next oh, morning yeah, and a big, a big one will come walking right by the tent. I hope. I hope that your 20-day hey, moose hunt takes a day. It'll thank be you. fun. Yeah. So, oh, thank that'll you. be awesome. I'll Thanks for the best that. wishes. <laughs> what do you got, Matt? You got any... Oh, you got Nevada elk. Nevada muzzleloader. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Be fun. I forgot about that. Yeah. That one so came. I was, I drew the same tag unit last year for muzzleloader deer. Deer, that's right. So I got to spend 10 days in there in the backcountry. Um, yeah, saw a lot of elk. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be there at the same time, but. Right. But I've been there and I kind of know some of the areas. So yeah. That'd keep you that. away. That'd cause yeah. you to lose some sleep at night. Yeah. And then uh, last year we did our first annual whitetail deer hunt with some of my buddies. Yeah. Uh, did a float in our remote area of central Montana for like 30 miles. So we're excited to go back, spend a couple more days this year. And uh, now that we know some more stuff about the deer and where they hang out. Cool. So, so yeah, some, in November, you guys float the river? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do if you get one of those stretches of 15 below? Not go. <laughs> <laughs> There's other the places to go. Then. That's yeah. the smart You got to watch the weather. So yeah. we've been trying to do it for three years. Last okay. year was the first year. <laughs> We made it yeah. because of the weather. Yeah, you want kind of, we kind of want to go during the rut or right at the pre-rut. So yeah, yeah. Well, that the hunt I'm looking forward to most is I drew an Arizona rifle elk tag where I get to hunt them in the rut. Oh, oh, that'll be cool. So I I feel a little bit guilty about come running in right using when you call. a rifle yeah. in the rut, but not so guilty that I'm going to turn the tag back. <laughs> Nice. Have you been there so, before? I've not been to that unit. I've I've hunted around it a lot, and okay. I've, I've driven by there yeah. many times. It's a, it's actually a really uh, intense backcountry. We'll be up okay. at about eleven thousand feet. Wow. Ten, ten, the, the, I've been told the elk will be between ninety five hundred and eleven thousand feet. Okay, so that's, uh, that's pretty high up. Yeah, but. I'm just excited because it's got a really cool conservation story. There's been a big burn in there. Okay. And what's happening is there are so many elk in there that the aspen regeneration is not occurring because the elk are just mowing Mowing. it down. And so the Forest Service came to Game and Fish and said, can you guys open a season in here? 
to push some of these elk off during the during the hunting season, season to to give the the regenerated aspen a break. Well, they'd done it as a cow season the first couple of years, and people don't want to go into a place like that just the to remote, shoot a cow. Remote, yeah, yeah, for sure. So they were just hunting the periphery of that backcountry area, and if anything, they were yeah. pushing them back in there. So they said, Interesting. well, let's give some bull tags. I bet you that'll put some <laughs> pressure in there. So yeah. I didn't tell the whole world about this <laughs> until after application season. I only had four I didn't points. get a heads up. Yeah, I had four points. You no, know, I'm, I'm sorry. We could have done a group application. Really? Seven, yeah. seven points. You got seven points yeah. down there? Well, yeah. next year. I had <laughs> next year. We can, we can, <laughs> next year, yeah, you're like, let's combine. We zero. Yeah. <laughs> combine zero and yeah. seven. That yeah. makes three and a no, half. No, no, I got two. I went down oh. there. I took their hunter ed oh, okay. class, so I got I got a point okay. for that. And I've always got my loyalty points. Well, average I never missed yep. a year. So. Yep. So, well, let's see. You got seven, I got two. That's nine. They round up in Arizona okay. to, to the nearest yeah. even number. So we'd have five. If you're in, I'm in, man. I, gosh. Now, I shouldn't have brought this own, up yet. It, it, was, it, was a t- it was just a, a, that's not a neat situation. That's a neat situation, though. Yeah, unique. Hell. Yeah, it is. It, it's a conservation happening. story I want to tell where hunting is being used for a conservation purpose. Of You know what? Yeah. We're not that far from places with a lot of uh, activity, a lot of vehicle pressure, a lot of human hiking and stuff. So, yeah, the elk are going to move away. Mm-hmm. And if there's not in those island ranges in Arizona, those are some of the lowest uh, latitude aspen communities around. Okay. So they're highly valuable to a lot of different species. There's some there and there's some in New Mexico. And so if we can go in and if hunting can be used as a tool to help manage that and help it regenerate, I think that's a cool conservation story to try and tell. Yeah, that's great. Stuff people don't think about what hunting does, you know, beyond the obvious. There's just so much to help balance the entire ecosystem. Yeah. You know, it's pretty, that is cool. Do you know what other wildlife use those aspen? Yeah, there's there's a certain... uh, well, there's actually grouse in there. One of the mm-hmm. lowest latitude uh, populations of blue grouse is in there that use it. Uh, mule deer. The, the, the mule deer herds there have really been suffering. Okay. But they think this burn is going to help a lot. And so the mule deer gotcha. are in there. Uh, they've got some unique squirrels. I, and when I go down in December, a friend has a tag for a late season hunt. We're going to go shoot some of those big... Kaibab squirrels yeah, or whatever. Yeah, whatever they are. They, they, they got, got, big they got or, huge, Yeah, the big tufts of hair. Yeah. They're like... Big, yeah. yeah. So are. there's a guy I met at a trade show. He works for Arizona Game and Fish. And he said, hey, I heard you were down. Did you go squirrel hunt? I'm like, no, I have saw him. I'm like, boy, those things are huge. He's got a, uh, uh, as a lion hunter, Jason, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. He has trained his dogs to track these squirrels and chase them up trees uh-huh. and retrieve them. <laughs> Wow. Nice. So we're, we're trying to coordinate schedules that if we get done with our elk hunt early, we're going to go hunt squirrels with <laughs> a pack of hounds. <laughs> that would be <laughs> something I've never fun. seen. Yeah. Uh, so that's really that, cool. That's the other thing we're going to do there. And squirrel then, layer. I can neat. see it in squirrel the Squirrel layer. <laughs> squirrel layer. Yeah. Every squirrel. <laughs> every squirrel nest marked. <laughs> <laughs> the entire country is a squirrel layer. Really <laughs> squirrel layer. Squirrels. <laughs> so I lucked out and, and with zero points, I drew a squirrel tag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I drew Nevada archery mule deer. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be right across the highway for more your elk on okay. that. And you guys have on your layers all the drinkers, all the 
uh, uh, guzzlers. Eric, you, you yep. raised your eyebrows like, oh, mm. <laughs> no. Do you want me telling the world? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. another great, great partnership. So yep. in Nevada, if it weren't for artificial water sources, because the, and when you talk to biologists there, they talk about, you know, we've got invasive weed species. We've got, whether you want to call it long-term drought or climate change, whatever term you want to put on it, the moisture patterns have changed. And now with pinion juniper encroachment, the mm. pinion juniper are such mm -hmm. water hogs. What used to be the traditional seasonal or permanent water sources that wildlife could it's rely upon are gone. There are so many places in Nevada that if it were not for man-made water sources, you wouldn't have bighorn sheep. Yeah. You wouldn't have non-game species. You wouldn't have birds. You wouldn't have a lot of things because yeah. with these changes that have been occurring over the last 30 or 40 years, water is the critical piece there and it's disappearing. And through conservation, uh, the group that really gets after it are the, the sheep hunting groups. Yep. Uh, that's why Nevada has been such an amazing conservation story from a sheep standpoint. Uh, but I'm going to be, I know exactly where every one of these drinkers are, these drink <laughs> tanks, they call them down there. Uh, and I've got them all marked and that's where I'm going to be mule deer hunting is where those are. Because, yeah. you know, there's all this range of habitat, but there's only so many places that have water. water. And a mule deer's yeah. not going to hike 10 miles to water every day or every other day, however... I know. I guess they'd probably have to water her at least every other day. I think, but so you're a smart hunter, Andy. Yeah. I, I, I do know the Mule Deer Foundation has been putting a lot of money in there as well okay. as yep. getting those guzzlers. And I mean, yeah, they're doing everything from helicoptering these things mm -hmm. in. I mean, it takes a wow. big project yeah. to make this happen. We're not, you know, just talking a couple guys go out and decide yeah. to put a kiddie pool out and put some water <laughs> in it. Yeah, so this is big right. project, yeah. big, big project. money coming from hunting dollars, hunting organizations. Yeah. yeah, the the largest scale one that I'm aware of is in Tucson, Arizona, on the south. If you come in through Williams, Arizona, going to the Grand Canyon, you go through Tucson, and the, that that sits on a big volcanic plateau where water just instantly dissipates down through that volcanic rock. So it's hard to have water sources that last very long. Well, the city of Tucson, when their wastewater is done, it gets piped. The Elk Foundation and a bunch of other groups paid for 52 miles of piping to take all this treated wastewater. I mean, it's not like it's raw sewage. It's yeah, treated, right, but yeah, it's yeah. not yet for Instead some reason. Just it out. Yeah. yeah, rather than just throwing it, it goes out to all these trick tank guzzler places. Awesome. All over. So unit Very nine cool. in Arizona, yeah. if you're, you know, you think about if you could be given one rifle elk tag or archery elk tag in North America, mm -hmm. a lot of people would say, I want unit nine in Arizona. Well, the reason that the elk can sustain through drought periods there is because of this 52 miles of water. Again, you know, like you're saying, Jason, awesome. it's, it's, hunters are doing so many cool things across the landscape that nobody really knows about. And mm -hmm. part of my, what I feel now is, especially with the YouTube channel where we can tell these stories, and we're going to tell this story uh, when we're down there, is we got to start telling our own story. You know, yeah. you can't yeah. expect that people who don't do what we do are going to go and try to figure mm -hmm. it out. It's our job to tell our own story. Yeah. So I, that was one that I'm I'm excited about trying to tell how that. Yeah, and with those guzzlers, um, <clears throat> our partnership with Endow, they, they give us that data. And then a portion, significant portion of all of our Nevada map sales go yeah. back to support that guzzler program. Really? Yeah, oh, so that's, that's not, very cool. not publicly known a lot, yeah. but 
all of our Nevada sales go, a portion goes back to, to build more guzzlers. Yeah, because they so, have a special pool yep. of money that you can actually, I think individuals yep. could even make contributions mm -hmm. to that. Yep. Uh, well, they have a name for it. I can't remember what it is, but it's for their development of, of water sources. Yep. And so there's a lot of things out there in the landscape that really are stacked against native wildlife. And mm -hmm. some of these fragile places, like you think Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, where you got non-native or feral horses. That's and one thing that, still that are, needs to be figured out because yeah, it was bad it's, last it's year there. It's really damaging <clears throat> water sources. Wyoming too, there's areas yeah, that are- Yeah, yeah, Wyoming has problems with it. Uh, Colorado has Northwest Colorado. And so you got all that. And then you get cheatgrass, which creates- <laughs> Nothing uh, to eat. Yeah, nothing yeah. to eat. It just creates this crazy fire cycle that outcompetes and, and doesn't allow for native sage and other forbs to reestablish mm -hmm. after a fire. And then you got pinion juniper that we're not, you know, we've been suppressing fire Fires. and suppressing fire. Yeah. So it's- and, and that's a water hog of the highest degree. So you think about native wildlife in these places, pretty hard yeah. for native wildlife mm -hmm. to have a chance if man doesn't step in and say, hey, we're having a big impact mm -hmm. here. Let's yeah. let's give something back. Let's do something to help offset. Yeah. One thing I think doing. about is like David Allen, you know, he, he talks about not only keeping these lands public, but what are we going to do to manage them as we move forward? He, you right. know, he said like that's, a conversation that really needs to be had because like you said, I mean, some of the some of the wilderness areas in the United States are some of the most poorly managed pieces of property in the United States, you uh, know? It, and, with with so, invasive weeds and other stuff, there are wilderness areas that have some serious no, weed issues. Uh, yeah. How do you, you know, because you can't do, you can't afford to uh, non-mechanically treat weeds I mean, to, to send guys yeah. out there with sprayers or to manually pull them, that's yep. impractical in some of the, the large landscapes where some of that stuff is happening. It's, it's getting more complex every day. It really it's, is. But yeah, and the Elk Foundation's been on the forefront of, like you said, as, conserva as hunters and conservationists, the biggest thing we've done wrong is not be more proud of what we've done in the past and, and make sure people have known that for years. Right. So we're trying to take back that conversation. Right. And like with what I do with the Elk Foundation, a big part of that hunting is conservation series is starting from the square, you know, the basis of conservation when it was first developed and going through the history of it and really trying to take back the conversation and say, Look, we are the ones that started this, and we're we are the ones that have perpetuated it to here, and and educate people to let them know that we are we are the driving force here. And yeah. I think part of that, this is my own opinion, but I think as a whole, our crowd of people is a proud we're a proud type of person. For we're sure. we're not the squeaky wheel kind of people. We right. want to be recognized for what we do without having to go tell people right. that we did it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, this generation of us being taught by our fathers to be humble oh, and right. to work hard and keep your head down, yeah. we haven't bragged about it. We've just done it and we've known we've done it. But right. now we've hit this wall where we absolutely have to take control of the yeah. conversation. The, the time has come where you, you can no longer be the silent voice because your voice will not be heard. There's yep. just too many people competing for for airtime for lack. Yeah. I don't mean it in technical, like yeah. like airtime on a podcast, but there's too many people competing for the attention of the listener. Yeah. And if we, like you said, if we don't say it, no one's going to say it for us. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, you do a really good job of that, Randy, of, I know, this week you were sponsoring Facebook posts and pointing out articles about public land and, and sage yeah. grouse stuff is going on. And so it's great. I, there's just looking at the internet, I just see so much content and people bringing awareness to everybody. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, that's, and I have a, a firm that helps me with my social media just because I'm so, one, I'm technology impaired, two, I'm on the road so much. <laughs> but we have a schedule and every week at least two of the posts have to be conservation oriented. It just, I, you know. I, is that I, important? It, it is because I, fortunately all of my sponsors and partners share that. So when I say, hey, you know, we're going to make two of these posts in a week about sage grouse or about elk or about, you know, whatever it might be, public land or access, all of my partners are like, please do it. If that means we get dropped for one uh, promotion yeah. this week, you'll fill, you'll make it up for us next week. So, and I, I, I like doing that. It's just kind of why I do what I do. So it's, for me, it's an yeah. easy fit. And, and if you want to get your share of hate mail, just do that <laughs> stuff, especially when it starts folding over into the political side. Or draw a sheep tag. <laughs> draw a sheep tag. Jason has found oh, a second J sheep Jason, Thank you, Jason has found a way to get hate mail without having to get into politics. <laughs> no, seriously, thank you guys both for starting to tell that story. That's really important to the future yeah. of hunting, really. So, well, I appreciate it, and I, 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 we're going to wrap this up here. Uh, but Jason, we talked about how people can get the Project Elk, how they can watch that. Mm -hmm. How can they follow you or watch you? Or yes. You're on Sportsman's channel like I am. What's your anchor airtime? I'm not, I'm not so. going to jog your mind here and <laughs> force you to have to remember your other airtimes because I don't know what my other airtimes are. I know what my anchor slot yeah. is. What's your... So we're on uh, Monday nights, 9.30 okay. Eastern time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern 7.30 Mountain time okay. for us Westerners yeah. out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm on Facebook. I've got a personal page and a Jason Matzinger official Facebook page. I'm also okay. on Instagram at, at Matzinger21. Okay. Yeah, I've got a YouTube page, Jason Matzinger official YouTube. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, elknetwork.com. I know you've, you're yeah. on the Elk Network too, so yeah. that's a good place to find a lot of my stuff in one place. Yeah. Um, MOTV.com, they can find me there. Okay. Um, but yeah. Cool. The new stuff will be coming on Sportsman's Channel every Monday night. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, you guys, where, where do we want to send everybody? Onxmaps.com, right? Onxmaps.com. And okay. forward slash hunts will get you all the hunt content and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. And Instagram, Onx Hunt, Facebook. So you've got, do you have YouTube. Twitter? Yeah. Twitter. Okay. You get, I, I don't use Twitter that much. I don't much. use I, it too much either, but I, I know yeah. the guys here in the background are pretty active on there. You guys tweet a lot? A little bit, yeah. No, I, I don't. I'm not getting <clears throat> good at A lot tweet. on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, you can always reach I'm us on Facebook. I'm getting to like Instagram way more than Facebook. Facebook. Oh, I agree. Facebook I agree. has I agree. so many. <laughs> there must be some people who wake up in the morning and say, I'm not happy till you're not happy. <laughs> Unfortunately, probably figure. more people. Facebook. Than, yeah. Yeah. It's Instagram's It's I, pretty I positive. I mean, that's got to be some people's motto. Yeah. You know, my theory is when you wake up in the morning, if you say it's going to be a good day or a bad day, you're probably right. That's I mean, a good I mean, way to put I, it. I, I get to decide if I'm going to have a good day or a bad day, but some people on Facebook, really, I think if they're if they're not happy till you're not happy. Uh, yeah. and, and they will sit on your threads or on your posts and carry on to knowing. Yeah. I just, I used to worry about it. Now I just delete them. 
I'm about the I, same way. I yeah. want to have a positive conversation. And some of them will get in touch with me and say, well, how is it that you can delete me? Mm-hmm. You know what? I own this page. That's how I can delete you. And I don't like you. Yeah. And you are negative. You are contrarian. You're, you're, I don't mind having an intellectual discussion or, Absolutely. you know, a varying points of view. But I think Facebook has gone to the point where people just, it's where they go to grind their axes. And I, I'm not I doing agree. it. Anymore. What do you got here, man? Oh, a golden eye? Yep. What's up with that? So, I'm so looking at so this in my office for the last year. So <laughs> the, the the podcast listeners can't, see, can't see this, but those on YouTube see Matt yep. is like the the golden eye slusher of the world. Yes. Is this a greater? The official. Okay. That is a big golden Common eye. Common golden eye. So been lucky enough to go on a couple hunts with Jason, yeah. golden eyes in, in Bozeman and uh, join some hunts. And I believe this is your first duck. It is. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah. Jason shot this? Yes. Oh, wow. So, How about that? So huh? we got Dale Manning uh, in Missoula. That if is anybody, beautiful. That Dale is Manning's amazing. a really wonderful taxidermist in Missoula. Look at uh, that ice and so, the snow and everything yeah. on that rock. That is bad. Wow. Yes. Go, buddy. Thank you, guys. Put that, that in your is... office. I know. See, I'm not a duck guy, but when I yeah. shot this thing, they're like, "Oh my god, you, you you don't even know what you just got here." And they, t- yes, they cool. I, I, that yeah. is awesome, yeah. you guys. Thank yeah. you very no, much. Thank you. Huh. That's it's That's a really a, fun hunt. We uh, you know decoy them in real close, and it's all in the ice, yeah. frozen rivers. Try to shoot the drakes only and pick yeah. out the nice ones. And uh, it's amazing yeah. how the yeah. purple because mm-hmm. when you look at a golden eye in full plumage, mm-hmm. a male. You see, it's, it goes from green to purple to blue to green. To, yeah, it's, they're really it, colorful. If you put it in the sunlight, they're amazing oh, they colors. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you yeah, very much. No, That's really awesome. cool. Now yeah. I can look at it in my office. I saw this golden eye over here it's on the got Mystery un- Ranch got table. Yeah. <laughs> and since Jason and I both are partners at Mystery Ranch, I thought, well, maybe Mystery Ranch bought him something or something. <laughs> or we we're going to be eating golden eye snacks. I packed this duck out in my Mystery Ranch bag. <laughs> 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 I have to pack some ducks out in my Mystery <laughs> Ranch. Oh, no, that's awesome. very nice of you guys. Thank you yeah, very much. No that, and it is it's, uh, such a fun hunt you guys have opened my eyes to duck hunting i mean Mm -hmm. i've never really been a duck guy you know and no growing up in the gallatin valley you were not oh you get into it let's just shut up we're not telling about the gallatin (laughs) valley duck hunting well he was there in the heyday probably when he was was. easier to get access yeah when you could not never 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 did never it was just something my family was big game hunters you know we never did get into the bird thing um well, that is very hey, cool. cool. I mean, last yeah. w- last January, we were trying to plan a duck hunt yeah. with all the Onyx maps. Yeah, let's do it this year. Okay. Let's do it. But we got ATA show. We got shot show. We got... We just got to put it on the calendar. All right. Whoever cool. can come. I'm in. Count me come, in. So. But don't yeah. laugh at my shooting. What do you shoot? Uh, poorly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to go down a size. A lot. Oh, yeah. I, I might bring a 410 or 28 gauge just so I have a built-in excuse. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. you 12 gauge, 10 gauge guys, they're sky blasting. I'm like, you aren't giving me any chance here. <laughs> but, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. But where were we? Oh, we were talking about how we could get, how you can follow uh, Onyx maps. Facebook is? Onyx Hunt. Onyx Hunt. <laughs> yep. Instagram, Instagram is, Onyx Hunt. Okay. YouTube, Onyx Hunt. Onyx Hunt. We'll have Onyx. lots of new content there. All right. So, see, you guys are yeah. making this as easy as I try to. Randy, if yeah. you can't use promo code Randy, well, you probably don't deserve yeah. the discount you're going to yeah. get at Onyx <laughs> yep. Maps. Right? Yep. What are you guys giving them? It's 20% on our promo code, right? Yeah, let's do that. 
Oh, what 20%. is Twenty percent. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. It well, has been twenty. No. It has been twenty. Twenty percent. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. So, and the website is onxmaps.com. Yep. Forward slash hunt. Yep. Okay. I'll get you right to the hunt tab. Yeah. Okay. And for me, you can find me. Well, you've already found me if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching it on mm -hmm. our YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, and I try to make everything as easy as I can. We have this big hunt talk forum. I would put a plug in for hunt talk. Would you? Yeah. There's yeah. lots of really great content yeah. and re you can ask questions and get some good answers and yeah all and, kinds of and stuff your people about are really good about coming Come on there every day and answering questions yeah. uh it's been really helpful because i don't always get into hunt talk when i'm on the mm -hmm. road and yeah. a lot of times people have questions so yeah. hunttalk.com that, that's our forum yeah. uh our youtube channel is randy newberg hunter uh our official facebook page is randy newberg hunter uh, our Instagram channel is Randy New. Or is it a channel? What's it? What's it called? An Instagram handle? Handle. All yeah, right. I think it's Randy your handle. Newberg. Okay, at Randy Newberg. So you made Hunter. it easy. Yeah. Yeah. So Twitter, I don't even know what I am. I I, I tweet so seldom. Mm -hmm. but I, I I don't know. I, I'm not a Tweety Bird or whatever they call yeah. them. So well, Twitter. Some are. But and <laughs> yeah, you can watch our TV show uh, on Sportsman's channel. We're on the night before Jason. Uh, we're on Sunday nights at nine o'clock here in Montana. So I got to add two hours that that's 11 mm -hmm. o'clock Eastern, right? Yep. And if you live on the West coast, that's eight o'clock. Yep. Correct. So we time it to hope. We always hope that Sunday night football doesn't get into, go into overtime. If it goes into well, now overtime. We're Monday night football. So <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> now yeah. there's Thursday night football. Every Thursday. Right. It's yeah. like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, if it's Saturday, you got college football. It's like, exactly. you know what? If you want to watch us, either DVR it or do whatever, but you can find us on Sportsman Channel. Yeah. And, uh, and also, if you have a phone out, you can search for us in the app stores. Right. Test uh, out the app for seven uh, days. Wait, yep. Okay. So let's talk about the app. Yep. So how, do, how does someone get the app? So you can download it from the Google Play Store. So if you're on Android, you just open up your Play Store right. and search on X Hunt. Okay. It uh, just the Google, and Google then, Store. Yep. And then if you're on iTunes, you go to the. Okay. If you're on if you're on Apple, go to the iTunes okay. Store. All right. And uh, search on X Hunt there. You can download it. It's free. Uh, it's free to download. It's a free yeah. GPS, so it's like worth a free Garmin GPS. Really, you can yeah. do tracks, waypoints, uh, see all you the hear base that, maps. Folks? So it's free. A free GPS, app, which. It's all there the free Garmin tools, and then you can buy map packages. I mean, nothing for against your state. the good folks at Garmin, yeah. but yeah. you know what? You don't have to spend four hundred dollars for a GPS. It's like a free four hundred dollars GPS. Yeah, and you get maps for the whole U.S. with yeah. it and aerial imagery. So it, it was worth their time to sit yep. here and listen to us tell stories for yep. the last hour and forty-five minutes. Yep. And then if you want to buy a state package, you know, to get all the hunting layers and all the all the layers we were just talking about. Yeah, yep, you can do that well, too. Well, it, when they see these new layers that Jason and I and a bunch of your other ambassadors have had a chance mm -hmm. to mess around with, they're going to no. be happy they did. No. It's going to be the best, however much, I don't care if they buy the lowest end or the highest end, mm -hmm. it is going to be the best money they spend for that hunt that year. Yep. It, I mean, I think about people who travel and hunt and they spend $2,000, $3,000 on a self-guided package to do everything mm -hmm. for an elk hunt. For hundred yeah. bucks for the for, package for a hundred bucks, that hundred dollar investment in a, the whole app system that you guys have is going to be yep. worth more. That's going to be the best return they get of all of the money they spend on that hunt. That year. And all of your memberships now come with chip updates for free. So oh, really? Chip so updates. all these chips I got, so I can plug them in. Yep. And... Chips used to be like its own 
for product now. We just rolled those into the membership. It's one, one membership. You can update all your chips, view everything on your computer, view everything on your phone, keep your chips updated. I'm learning something so, new every day, yep. man. I need to hang out. You with get you two more for the two, two for the price, <laughs> two for the price of one now. What a country! What <laughs> a country! <laughs> what a country! Huh? Can you believe that? Really, though, I do. Yeah. I, I always say that, and people are like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Really, think about it." We live in the best place in the world. I don't care where you're at on the economic spectrum. If you were born in the United States, you'd live in the best mm -hmm. country in the world. And, yeah. and you know, warts, bumps, and all. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Warts, bumps, and all. <laughs> no, I, and go take advantage of it. Where else do you have? I mean, we're looking at how many millions of acres of public, public land, land right yep. out here that we yep. can see from the total archery challenge. Blue skies. Yeah. yeah. Go do it. Go yeah. be an American outdoors person and enjoy it and protect it and enhance it and just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Amen, Randy. Amen. <laughs> Eric thinks <laughs> I'm going to get up here and start giving a sermon. Maybe I should. You've done that before, right? I have. So. The Reverend. <laughs> oh, man. Well, folks, thanks so much for listening. We're glad that the wind died down and that and the, the guy on the yeah. bongo drums finally gave it up. And we only had one dog fight here in the tent. So. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, Jason, did, yeah, I'd be interested in your feedback. A lot of people think that at times I get, I, I poke too much fun. Uh, do, do you get people who say, you know, you need to, you know, I'm not here to listen to your humor. You know, <laughs> no, I think I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think really? I'm too You're serious all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we should just hunt together and I'll be the comedy relief and you'll be the guy who actually Good shoots cop, stuff. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. But no, I, I just approach life that, you know, if it's that serious that you can't wake up and smile every oh, day. that's just it. You know, you, you might want to just pack it in. No, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely wake like you. I mean, I feel lucky every day to wake up. And, I've, you know, I've just seen too many people go through life with resentment and, and just never really having lived at all, you know. And yeah. what we have the opportunity to do every day we get up out of bed, like you said, you know, how you said it, like, if I decide it's going to be a good day or a bad day, that's how it's going to be. And, right. and I, yeah, I mean, I just... We're lucky. We're yeah. absolutely lucky to do what we get to do and live where we live. Yeah. Yeah. Stay positive on the social media. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> thanks. Right? Yeah. Thanks for saying that because I, I see it all the time. Uh, people just want to pile on and pile on. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I know it comes with being this uh, kind of the anonymity that comes with, oh, I'm just some handle on a forum or I'm just a whatever on Facebook. It's, it gets old. You know, use that time and effort to do something constructive or creative. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. You know, beneficial. Yeah. Yep. I like that. That's a, that's a great point. I I just worry if I would have said it, it wouldn't have maybe had as much impact as when you said it, Eric, because you, you see it. Jason and I kind of live it, but you mm -hmm. get to see it. And uh, if he and I were to say stuff like that, they'd be like, oh, you just are thin-skinned and you, you're just saying that because we're picking on you. No, I don't mind people picking on me. I just want to have a constructive conversation exactly. a constructive effort where yeah. we're all working towards the same end yeah so. exactly well thanks for all the support on x eric yep. matt yep and absolutely I think thank you guys I speak for jason and saying that we all have some special partners we get to deal with in this industry and you guys are special well i'm excited to it. uh keep making some memories and do some more hunts so 
That's yeah. been fun. Thanks for the duck. Yeah. This thing brings back the duck. <laughs> sitting here cool. staring at it. It was cold that day, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. The colder, the me. better. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, everyone, thanks Thank for you. listening. Until the next time, have fun, smile, and uh, go and do some hunting. Take care.